When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your son? Jim. Jim. Hi, Jim. How are you? All right. So do you always dress like this? Well, when I go out, yeah, I I most normally dress like this. And how would you describe this here, Jim? Uh, Gothic. I'm into the gothic scene. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, basically it's uh, the way we dress is based on the vision that the Victorians had in the uh, late 19th century. The Victorians were dressing like this? They might not have been dressing like this, but uh, although a few of the eccentric ones may have, mm-hmm. but uh, it's basically based on a vision out of literature. Okay. And so what does this say about you, you think, you or you wanted to say? You, it's a, it's a, an expression of who you are. So what is this saying? Well, it's basically an expression of my emotions and, and my inner self. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I dress does it like say you feel good or like when I see this, I'm, th- I'm supposed to feel that you feel Confident, strong, Victorian. Well, <laughs> well, my mom says it's depressing and weird. But you think it's depressing and weird? <laughs> yeah. But it obviously isn't to you. No, I, I, I feel very comfortable dressing like this. When did this start? Oh, about five years now. First it was punk, the shaved head, uh-huh. and uh, it was always black mostly. But now, the, now he's painting the face, and I can't understand that. And the lips, uh. Yeah. And how old are you? How old are you? I'm 19. 19. Yeah. Are you in school or out of school? I'm in school presently. Present in school. And so in school, can you go to school dressed like this? I'm sure I could, although I haven't yet. I, I normally dress like this, but I don't uh, normally put on makeup for school or work. Okay. And so the makeup represents what? Um, it Basically, how I dress on the outside is an expression of how I feel on the inside. So um, the, the makeup really doesn't represent anything. I mean, it's just I feel like dressing this way and as a mom you're frustrated because he's what you would like him to look another way obviously yeah he's a handsome looking guy yeah but like this does it cause problems in at home no i i support him i love him but uh when we go out it's like the only place i go with him is to the video store i mean from the ashes of the joke i made up several minutes ago it's Scraping the vault. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cha-ching! That's right. That was Eric. Uh, he's he's uh, he's taken over for for me, and this he's just shadowing. This like a student teaching situation. Good job, Eric. I think uh, we gotta work on some of your TVs there. Uh, hey, uh, we're the podcast that we we watch uh, straight to video Disney sequels normally, uh, but uh, hold on, there it is. Um, we have been listening to watching. Sorry, uh, we watched a Christmas movie. Now we watched Labyrinth. And now the show starts, and Jimmy wants to st- say something. Jimmy's here. It reminds me of when you go to dinner somewhere, yeah. and like somebody comes up and is like, Hi, I'm Dan. This is Eric. We'll both be taking <laughs> care of you today. <laughs> yeah, totally. Clearly, one of them is shadowing the other. <laughs> and that was Audrey. Hi. You heard Audrey. She's there. Hello. 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 And now Eric started us out. Oh, and by the way, I'm Dan. Hi, Dan. Hey. There we go. 
We're all here. Hey. hey. We watched a little what, something. What am I what am I from? Why oh, am I here? Oh, oh that's right. What? You are from what? Bowie Splaining. Yes. Mm. And several other podcasts. But yes, let, <laughs> let me tell you about our hit show Bowie Bowie Splaining. Um it's <laughs> it's me and uh my friend Dan, no relation to this Dan. Uh he died several years ago, and uh, we Bowie. recorded Bowie like did. 38 episodes. Not Dan. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Bowie, Bowie died several years ago, and Dan and I recorded 38 episodes, and we're slowly releasing them. And um, what have you also learned? not this Dan. What have you learned Dan. about David Bowie, Eric? What have I learned about David this Bowie? Is, this will count as our as our history segment for the movie that we watched last week. Oh, okay. Uh, David Bowie uh, started out as a as a Freemason, and <laughs> yep, um, also he, known as a mod. Uh, the same thing. Some guy clocked him in the eye, and his eye turned blue. Anyone and <laughs> uh, during that time, he also uh, made out with many women and also men, mm-hmm. and had a child who was named Bowie. Mm-hmm. And with one of the women, not one of the men. Yes, yes. <laughs> one of the men did, was not responsible for the siring of his child. <laughs> uh, and he wrote a song about him. And we've had several episodes about uh, the, the, the the music that David Bowie made. Mm-hmm. Not the child Bowie. <laughs> and uh, Wait, uh, Is the child named Bowie? Features... Is it Bowie Bowie? It's uh, No, that would be ridiculous. It's Zoe Bowie. <laughs> Zoe Bowie. Zoe Bowie. That would be ridiculous. Isn't it Duncan? It's Duncan. Isn't it named he, Duncan? It, uh, they, they named him Zoe uh, Dun- Duncan Bowie, I think, or, or Jones, rather. I don't know why, because the name's always been Bowie. Dave Zoe Duncan Bowie Jones. Jones. <laughs> Zoe Duncan Joey Bones. Bones. Uh, <laughs> Bones. <laughs> And uh, here he is on this show to uh, to be with us today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's up, He's very guys? Quiet. It's me, Zoe Bowie <laughs> Jonesy Bones, and from Louisiana. He's Z- less quiet than we thought. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe Joey is also shadowing. Uh, on I episode, know a thing or two about the blues, <laughs> uh, but I don't know much about the movies, which is why I'm listening today. He's my intern. Here's oh. your coffee, boss. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted it with sugar or some. Oat no. milk. No. Okay. No sugar. Did, did you want some oat milk though? Because I ran out, so I put no. a little soy no, milk you. in it. No, no thank right. you, Zoe. We don't have uh, this when goat are we gonna here. S- here if you care for some goat milk. Hey, well. and, when are we going to start my recording? Friends <laughs> and my only means of conveyance. But I guess I do spoil. Now, is Zoe a regular on your? Uh, no, Zoe's Bowie explaining. No, Zoe, Zoe, Zoe is a, a special uh, guest for this. I, I needed, I needed to bring my intern for for this appearance. Where I'm <laughs> no also relation, interning but, with Dan. No relation, by the way, to Zoe. Uh, if I Deschanel. knew we could have interns, then oh. I would have brought mine, but I don't have one. Who I may or may not 
refer to his gooey douche nozzle. <laughs> right Audrey, who who is your? I uh, don't have intern? one yet. I'm uh, actively accepting applications. Oh. So if you or a friend, I think Zoe would. Accept. If you know someone who's looking for a great job, uh, good benefits, um, yeah, shoot them my way. Hmm. Hold on, it's me. <laughs> It sounds like no, we're the Sultan. No, no, I am sorry. We already had an interview. We sent you an email explaining why you didn't get the position. And I watched all your episodes. I know. I listened yep. to all your episodes while watching yeah, my. We, thank you for that. For Sultan. Angry birds. Uh, is this is that Sultan the Sultan or Sultan the chair dog? I'm the Sultan. <laughs> From uh, Moulin Rouge. Sultan. <laughs> Isn't that her no, name, Saltine? Saltine. So, <laughs> so anyway, we watched Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, you want to take over your show? <laughs> Thanks for inviting sure. me to your <laughs> show. Listen, it's your um, show. I'll show no, myself stay. out. <laughs> uh, bring Zoe with you. No, hang <clears> anyway, uh, we watched Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> we have, uh, this is dealer's choice season. Last month we watched Alvin and the Chipmunk Christmas mm. special. Um, this Very month special. we're watching Labyrinth. That was mm-hmm. Dan's choice. Next choice, Audrey's. TV. Oh yeah, I gotta mm-hmm. figure that out. Yep. Then by we're way, back to straight to video Disney sequels. By the way, just to clear things <laughs> up, I believe this episode is going to be released on the twentieth. Uh, because we forgot that we have another show to do. So, <laughs> so stay tuned. Escaping, Supreme, sorry, Supreme Resort will be a, a released uh, around the 30th. And this is the 20th. Yay. Hi, welcome. Hi. It is the 20th, the Ides of January. Someone posted, mm-hmm. uh, we watched real quick side. Uh, someone posted something that said <laughs> today is blue Monday. It's the saddest day of the year. And I didn't know. Oh, huh. I, I'm having a pretty good day, but. It's not over Pretty yet. Day. Could get right. sad. Yeah. MLK Day. The saddest day of the year? I don't know. I don't get it. Do right. you know what's closed today? Hmm. On Martin Luther King Day? I live in Atlanta. Uh, this is a hint. Oh, no. The Coke factory? No. Oh, good. The Peach Thank God. factory? The Martin Luther King Memorial is closed today. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> makes that actually makes a weird sort of sense. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I get that it's a government thing and government shut down, but of all things to shut down on MLK Day that the, you know, place he's buried. He, anyway, we wanted to go. Yeah. Instead, we're recording this godforsaken <laughs> podcast. Buried in the Coke factory? <laughs> yeah, it's just... In the bowels with in the in the vault that has his uh, has the Coca-Cola Ooh, recipe, there's wow. MLK. Huh. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> respect. We saw Labyrinth. We watched it mm-hmm. legally. Mm-hmm. I should add, we love the law, especially. I sure did. Law. We yeah. love the law. <laughs> you know? Can I tell you what? There, there's a movie theater I'd mentioned in the in the cold open, if you will, that we went to see. Our favorite movie theater is called the Movie Tavern. It's owned by Marcus Theaters. Uh, if anybody familiar with Marcus Theaters, that the, the Marcus, who owns it, he's a real douche nozzle. Anyway, <laughs> they bring you food, <laughs> not not gooey douche nozzle. No relation. To be to be clear, yes, but, no, you, you can't. <laughs> anyway, so I I'm googling where to watch Labyrinth, and it says, "Oh, Amazon Prime." I go to Amazon Prime, not available. <laughs> yeah, Roku, you name it, I went everywhere. The only place I can watch Labyrinth 
is March 6th at the movie tavern. Okay. No, and you will, won't you? <laughs> and who are you we'll dressing up as? <laughs> a giant <Great>. moose knuckle. <laughs> yeah. I borrowed a DVD from my father-in-law. And I purchased an item. Thank you, Eric's father-in-law. Hey, <laughs> Internet. It wasn't a Laserdisc, Eric? No, it was not a Laserdisc. Uh, my Laserdisc uh, player is down, which is why I had to borrow the, the DVD. I used okay. a time machine and um, traveled back to 19... And then watched it in theaters. 86. <laughs> Yay! 86! For those... For our listeners who are not alive when this movie came out, a, a Laserdisc is like a giant... DVD. <laughs> I I feel like you almost said record, and then you you switched. It's like a silver <laughs> record. <laughs> a silver yeah. record. Um. So Jimmy and Audrey, you did not see this movie until no, recently. Until recently, in fact, wow. I finished it mere oh, hours ago. I watched Ooh. it yesterday. I I'm curious. Um. Nice. I remember. Uh. If you don't mind me hijacking the show, Audrey, go ahead and tell us what you uh, thought it would be. I I'm not uh the I didn't write anything down. I didn't do my homework. Sorry, teach. But um, when I'll tell you a little story. When Blockbuster was still a thing, I remember as a kid going there with the family to pick out a movie. And instead of helping my family pick a movie, I was standing and staring up at the TV screen, which was playing a copy of Labyrinth without sound. Uh, and mm. I remember just like, you know, like, oh, uh, catching flies, staring up at this movie screen because I was like, what the hell is this movie? Um, and uh, I remember seeing the part where she's running back and forth in the maze. And uh, I must have been like, that I must have been down. six. <laughs> I, I, the, the first part where it's just completely straight. Um, I don't know. I was very young. But that's that was my introduction to the movie. And then I, you know, I, I'd kind of seen pictures of this beautiful ball gown from all the cosplayers that I follow on Instagram. And it's like, oh, I finally did the labyrinth ball gown. And I was like, wow, this must be a really important part of the movie because it's such a nice dress. Um, uh, I, <laughs> or it's two, two minutes. minutes. <laughs> I had seen I had seen the, the magic juggling ball and like learned the you know, the insider scoop that it was actually some guy putting his hands through Bowie's arms and making it look like David Bowie was doing it, but he wasn't. So like th that was my, that's, that's how I know that's news to me. what goes on. But if you wanted to play with David Bowie's balls, it'd be real easy. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, they're everywhere. Yes. I was going to say low hanging fruit, but that it, in itself is, it's, is a joke. Mostly uh, bananas mm -hmm. and peaches. <laughs> Um, there's yeah. a really fun, there's a, there are several really fun videos out there of that, the, the ball juggler thing, which is <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, who like was so frustrated because they're, they're used to seeing what they're doing and they couldn't see what they were doing. So they had like, just kept dropping them constantly and they were so <laughs> frustrated and Bowie's just like laughing the whole time. He's just like, ah. <laughs> it's like, he just didn't care. He's like, that's funny. He wants to see bowls dropping. Myself. I wouldn't need you. <laughs> if Jimmy. he wants to see bowls dropping, oh. just look down. Um, that was my best David Bowie. Here's what I knew about this movie. Yeah. David Bowie. <laughs> yep. That is all I knew about this movie. If you were to ask me what it was about, I would say it was very dark. There would be a lot of lasers. 
<laughs> in dark lasers, dark caves. Okay. Disco balls. There was a ton of glitter. Bullock. There's glitter everywhere. There's a lot so of much glitter. glitter. Did, did I know that Jim Henson had anything to do with it? Nope. Wow. Did I know that George oh. Lucas had anything to do with it? Nope. Did oh. I know there were Muppets? Nope. I didn't know anything about oh. it other than David Bowie's <laughs> so, in it. So this was quite the surprise for you. Wow. Quite the surprise. <laughs> that's why my alternate titles I mentioned uh, were J- Jim Henson's alternate title was because I wanted to. <laughs> and the other alternate title is The Muppets Take Castle Moose that's Knuckle. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's a- As in like Muppets <laughs> yeah. Take Manhattan. That's a good name. See the movie to understand. <laughs> um, everybody yeah. has seen the movie. I don't know what's wrong with you two. I, I don't know. We watched well, we it all have in, now. in a school assembly in, oh. in middle school yeah. where we had, like, it was one of those days where they're like, we don't know what to do with these kids. And we all went into the gym. This has a big gym, it, right? <laughs> and we had, like, four TVs set up, daisy chained together with the VHS version of labyrinth that's the first time i saw labyrinth was in like 1989 god whoever figured out how to do that was like the av wizard of your school knowing what i know about how schools operate that person (laughs) was like i don't know get ted on it you know you could do anything (laughs) it's Um, fine i only have to buy one vhs we're good And so Eric and Dan, you'd both seen it already, so we don't have to find out what you thought it was about. I have seen it countless times as a Bowie fan, and I have not enjoyed that. I've not liked this movie. Yeah, he has mentioned this before. As a Bowie fan, I've I have found it depressing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh in terms of like where he was with his career and all of that. I did what I usually do with this show, and I tried watching it just as a movie, and I really enjoyed it. Well, that's good. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, watching it as a movie, I, I mean, I I didn't know who David Bowie was for most of the times I watched this movie, and I've always enjoyed it. He was Jareth. <laughs> Except for a few parts that I don't like Jareth? so much anymore. He was the only non-Muppet besides Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> My girlfriend. Yes. Oh. Major crush on Jennifer Connelly. Not Jennifer Hopefully Garner. not this version. Not not Jennifer Garner? No. <laughs> Never had a, a crush on Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner, Despite if you went listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jen. Sorry. I personally think Jennifer Garner is more attractive than Jennifer Connelly. That's Alias my, was that's good. I mean, but... She's got the dimples. She's and, and she's a better actress, maybe, than Jennifer Connelly. Audrey, oh. are you on Team Garner or mm. Connelly? Team Connelly. Me too, because oh. all I can think of is uh, Jim Garner when I hear Jennifer Garner. Garner Jennifer Holt. Garner's uh, Garner her features are too. Devil Wears Prada. They're, they're a bit too strong was... for me. Jennifer Connelly is a little softer. Mm-hmm. This is purely visual. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you won the episode. Thanks. <laughs> So, for you listener, put that one to bed. Labyrinth is a 1986 musical fantasy film. Mm-hmm. It was directed by musical. Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Executive produced by George Lucas. And in terms of Bowie history, it is smack dab between two of his worst mm-hmm. albums. They are so bad that 
fans will frequently have debates over which one is worse. <laughs> so what was it about this movie that David Bowie said yes? What was the – was it like to boost his career? Was it to salvage his career? Did he owe Jim Henson – a favor? <laughs> he, he lost a bet to Jim Henson. <laughs> well, his yeah, career at this time was actually not at its highest, but it it wasn't declining yet. Um, it, creatively, he, he was provably out of ideas for music. Um, but I and and this is part of what made. So after I enjoyed watching this, I kind of watched some more videos to like catch up to just be like, okay, well, what, what do people who like this movie have to say about it that are intelligent? Not like weird goth people who are like, not like me. Um, but like, uh, Jareth is me. Um, I, I think it was like, it was sort of a breath of, creative fresh air when he needed mm. one because it was like hey here's this thing that you wouldn't think to do we need some we need a, a pop star specifically david bowie they wrote the part for him um and i think his take on it was like yeah let's see what this is <laughs> which is kind of fitting with how he worked creatively just sort of this feeling of like i don't know sounds like fun <laughs> like i could do that for a couple months let's see what happens Fair. And I think he appreciated the challenge of writing songs for it that were not super obvious. Um, they were not obvious songs. That's true. <laughs> no, no, they weren't like, yeah. I think like magic dance is probably the most obvious plot based sort of song, but yeah, you know, songs like underground within you, uh, chili down. Those are kind of, if you he was able to do more things with more creative things with like the plot themes in the lyrics that if you dig into it, you can kind of see like, Oh, here's what Bowie was thinking about this. Um, I like that. He wasn't, I mean, and it, was, it is kind of a crazy move and it has, it could be image killing, like if it were any other person, but for him, I guess it has that kind of element of like, I'm not going to be too precious about my image as a, artist and performer so why the hell not do a movie with muppets yep. yeah that's actually perfectly put to have it just be like well at least i'm not doing nazi or- stuff this time. <laughs> oh, <boy>. spoilers for <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> oh. It, he got better after it's fine <laughs> yeah at some point i want to unpack what all of the point was if there is a point and what Jareth, like what we can talk about what happened in the movie, but what the hell was Jareth and why was Jareth? Good question. What does any of it mean? Like I was waiting for some kind of lesson or evolution or this is fundamentally what this character learned, but there was nothing like that. I did not get any arc at all, which is where I came up with, uh, Jim Henson, like interviewing Jim Henson. What, so what was this, uh, what was your objective of this movie? He's like, cause I wanted to. <laughs> cause there, I wanted to. The I end. mean, ultimately, yeah, you're right. There's, there's not a lot of growth other than, uh, other than Jennifer, project. Jennifer Garner, obviously totally. Jennifer Garner's character. <laughs> I, uh, like Sarah at the end of the movie, she comes back around to a speech that she memorized from a book that we don't know mm-hmm. anything about. Uh-huh. 
And um, you have no power over me. I suppose there's some growth. There's, yeah, I mean, that's kind <laughs> the of a brother. She never statement. loved the brother. It's like he's a burden to her. He's a toddler. And but then, she like, was... she forgets about him for a while. Then she comes back and, like, oh yeah, I have a little brother. And then she doesn't even go, like, go check on him till a little bit later. She was a teenage jerk, and yeah, yeah. and she's it... got a little baby brother. And she realized, oh wait, there are bigger things than um, me and my walking around the park in a gown reading out so of she a was... book. Was she no, a larper no, before she's a larping? That's what it she's felt like activist. to me. She had like a she petticoat. Has posters all over her bedroom, Here's... like Cats the musical. And so she's she's Cats. either oh, in a play yeah, in high yeah. school or something. Well, she's there's some like escapism element. It's very escapism. That's the whole movie. But like, I think they got kind of close to something meaningful with the whole the like trash heap people who were there to clutter her yeah. or like overload her with stuff. Yeah, and I think. With stuff that yeah, doesn't really they were trying matter. to make a point with that, but it it doesn't carry the whole. But there movie. was no like, was, yeah, because there was no point where she thought that belongings were the most no. important thing. And I I get that she got friends along the way. I, I don't know, but like, can was I, it actually a dream? Can I synthesize? Hubble what? had a had an arc. <laughs> yeah, can I synthesize what a lot of YouTube commentators sure. have said? Hoggle, uh, Hogwarts. They called him Hogwarts, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, according to several YouTubes that seemed intelligent that I watched, first off, it's a hero's journey story with the hmm. female protagonist, which in a you t- lost <laughs> me, <laughs> which, which feels like that's kind of the main point is like George Lucas was like, well, what if we just did it like this? And then Jim Henson was like, yeah, that's Pyramid. Great. Pyramid? Is that you? Um, <laughs> I go on to Sultan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that turned into this weird thing where they're like, okay, what if we take all of these stories and fantasy elements like the MC Escher stuff and like things that, that, that a kid that age at that time would have been into, you know, Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland. And if, if you notice as they, as the camera scans her room, it shows all of these these mm-hmm. influences. And then oh, yeah. it kind of lingers on this spot that you wouldn't know to look for if YouTube didn't tell you to look for it. But apparently her mom is an actress mm. and she like a real mom, not her stereotypical oh. 80s stepmom. Right. Right. Um, who, by the way, the stepmom is actually, she's like, no, I want you to have a life. You should be dating. Like, be what dating. is wrong with you? <laughs> and she's, and Sarah's in this sort of like, she's not really wanting to grow up. And, you know, she has her, I guess her mom abandoned the family with this actor who in the pictures is played by David uh, Bowie. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting some oh. kind of substance. So Sarah's in this, this is a wizard of Oz, isn't it? Yeah. It's very wizard of Oz. I've and never and, noticed that part. <laughs> yeah. And, and so Sarah, and this is again, I'm just, filtering through a lot of YouTube stuff and I'm not saying that I agree or disagree. They seem fine. Um, it's sort of this idea of Sarah is trying, is not wanting to let go of being a selfish child who doesn't want to watch, you know, the MacGuffin known as Toby. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and battling with she doesn't want to grow up but she knows that she some part of her knows that she has to enter Jareth who by the way knows I think knows that he is cast in her imagination as a villain especially because at the end he's he's just like I was menacing (laughs) (laughs) you know he's saying like I've done all these things for you I've done you know I've, I've played this part for you I don't know what else I can do to stay in your life basically you you have defeated me but but it's it's a very it's whether it was a dream or not, I don't think matters because fairy tale mm-hmm. logic. Um, but that's kind of it's kind of what YouTube has said. But yeah. there's, I mean, there's more, of course. But sure, and yeah, I just, I, 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 first of all, I reserve judgment. I, I have not, I don't have an opinion of this movie. Mm-hmm. I have not allowed myself to have an opinion of this movie. I have comments. But you watched it one time. I watched it one time. Started last night, finished this morning. I have notes. And I would like to understand what the movie's about. I think, Dan, you kind of got me closer to it actually having a point. Mm -hmm. Still don't understand what Sarah's arc is. Like, at some point, is it her lesson is that things are hard and she has to, like, be responsible for stuff? Maybe that's the lesson? the lesson that I've heard people say, or some of the lessons that I've heard is just the basic letting go of child, childish Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. like Wendy and Peter Pan. Yeah. It's like Wendy. this is Wendy. this is basically one of there, there are so many archetypes that this is working with. One is Mm -hmm. the Hades and whatever her face is story. (laughs) Uh, There's that one Uh, wizard of Oz. There's some Alice in Wonderland in there. Mm -hmm. They have mentioned that this is Peter Pan where Wendy basically rejects Peter Pan. Um, What is a, what's the opposite of the Oedipus complex? uh, Where the woman. (laughs) Suppity. 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 Yes. Oh, 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 uh, Eurydice. Does it have elements of that? I don't know. I'm just saying words. We're just okay. saying words. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You're here. You're here to see David Bowie's. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, that was not a mistake. In fact, hold on. I have a, a, oh. a clip. Where is it? Where is it? Where it's, is uh, it? There's like the devil. You know, he's completely alluring, completely a character that draws people in and are people infatuated with. Oh, and that's me. It's better to play the part than a rock star because that's what they are. But at the same time, David Boy is very, very smart and very talented. In the way I built the Jareth character, I gave that's him other qualities. He's also a romantic hero. He's also contemporary with a leather jacket, has armor on it. This refers to 15th century knights. I gave him a swagger stick. It has a crystal what? ball. But if you look at it, it's a microphone. There's, there's a lot of subtlety going on. But why that wig? That. He is supposed to be um, a young girl's dream of a pop star. Um, we got in a lot of trouble you know, about maybe how tight his <laughs> pants were, but that was that was deliberate. It's very eclectic. We bring together, I think... They were very yeah, tight pants. Um, David yeah. Bowie's but, uh, Apparently... Deserved a separate the, credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the opposite of the Oedipus complex is the Electra complex, which is where the 
Electra. Oh, there we go. Also played we by Jennifer right. Garner, by the way. Ooh. Electra. Ooh. Oh, yes. <laughs> Come full circle. Because <laughs> maybe Jareth is something of her mother's uh, mother, her mom's boothang. Yeah. And now she yeah. wants she wants yeah, to, that, that to, is... to stop the boothang. Or the oh, boothang is somehow intertwined with her, which is a weird age gap. It seemed a little too much of an age gap. Right. It was very romantic with the ball gown and the seduction. And, and what well, was his obsession with the baby? What does the baby have to do no. with it? Uh, it's, it's a MacGuffin. But Audrey, going back to what you were saying, I, that is something that some of the commenters have said where it's like maybe Sarah is torn between this life where uh, she's kind of tempted to follow in her mom's path to, you know, also abandon um, the family because she's more interested in, you know, dressing up and uh, LARPing essentially. And, uh, you know, getting lost in fantasy as kids kind of younger than that are prone to do. Cause she's 16, I think um, um, I, there's, there's not a lot of like hard answers of like, this means this, and this is that it's just sort of like, it's a Rorschach test of like, what do you bring to it? So I noticed, um, so that time has a lot of, uh, has a lot to do with this. I did notice going around her room, uh, a lot of the themes in the room, like the MC Escher stairway drawing, uh, a lot of things kind of were realized. There's a couple of nods to the haunted mansion in this movie. Really? I'm huh. not saying you're wrong. I, just I, didn't I don't it. think it was necessarily intentional, hmm. but the clock has a 13th hour. Right, right, right. True. Yeah. And if you, if you go back and listen to some of the gloomy, like doom and gloom, the scary things are about to happen. Ding, 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 ding. One of the reaction commentary people actually caught that. And I just now remembered that as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's, let's break down what happened okay. and we can kind of, stop and talk about some of the themes as they come. Now, first thing that struck me is, is this owl in the opening credits? Is this primitive yeah. CGI? Yes. Or incredibly good puppetry? CGI. Yeah. This okay. is, I think one of the first usages of CGI. Like there's, you know how like as the technology is developing, there's all of these, this is the first, this, this is the first like mm-hmm. little tiny micro first. This is one of those. I could see that. Now I appreciated it. And throughout the movie, kind of forgetting it was 1986, so often I had to stop myself and think, think oh, this CGI is really – oh, wait. <laughs> this, none of this it's is CGI. 19. It's all very practical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Outside of the owl that kind of got me into the CGI mindset, none of this is CG. It's all practical effects, which is just – Amazing. Magical in so many yeah. parts of this movie. It's so Henson. Yeah. And yeah. so many different uses of of Muppet like <laughs> technology yeah. for what it is. And, First and we'll get photorealistic to... CGI animal. That's what okay. it says. Now, is the owl always supposed to be David Bowie? I think so. All right. So it, it opens a white barn owl stands in a park where 16-year-old Sarah Williams... Jennifer Garner is <laughs> is acting at a play accompanied by her English sheepdog Merlin. Merlin is also the name. No, uh, Lancelot is the name of the stuffed animal mm-hmm. 
that she gives to Toby at the end. Again, no explanation whatsoever. Other than she's like a LARPer, like you said. Yeah, she's uh, a nerd. The ta- <laughs> yeah, the town clock tower strikes 7 o'clock. <laughs> We've all just acted out things in a park at night, right? So is, here's the first thought that I had. Kid. Basically, she's the avatar she's, for all of us theater curtain kid nerd. Like, basically, welcome. You're listening to the podcast. All of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <basically. laughs> So what struck me when I see this opening scene is I just assume, based on the costume and the setting, I assume this is Victorian kind of old school. This is a flashback. Mm -hmm. That's where I go. And I'm like, they nailed the casting for young Jennifer Connelly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They nailed it. Then I remember this was 1986 and Jennifer Connelly was in fact, I swear to God, I'm like, they could have done a little better, but they nailed Jennifer Connelly as a young girl. (laughs) It's not a joke. Um, anyway, so Sarah remembers she has to go home and babysit her little baby brother, Toby. Toby McGuffin. Jerk Toby baby. McGuffin. <laughs> Who, by the way, actor? Really? Toby. By the way, that actor, currently working for Jim Henson Company. Nice. And his name is Toby. Yep. Still, um, wow, to this day. Yeah, they haven't changed it. <laughs> Upon returning home, Sarah is admonished by her stereotypical 1980s poofy shoulders stepmother (laughs) who you would not know was the stepmother except the fact that they say stepmother but how would you know that's how plots work sometimes all right her name is irene by the way and she's admonished for being late irene Irene, the mean stepmother machine irene stepmother williams (laughs) and then stereotype Stepmother is my father. Is my middle name. <laughs> and then, like, like Thurston Howell the Third's dad, like, hello, love him. Yeah. Time to go. Just so eighties. Anyway, they're going out for the evening. Your to your point, Dan. The stepmom's like, hey, listen, you're around, which is why you're babysitting. You wouldn't be if you get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prude, nerd. You should and, be dating. You're sixteen, and Sarah is not. A likable character, at least at this point. Especially at this point. (laughs) So Sarah complains that her parents have started to assume that she'll babysit without asking her, to which Irene responds that Sarah ought to be have dates at her age. This provokes Sarah into a rage. Yeah, and by the way, it makes her more upset. How dare you? Yeah, and she storms upstairs into her room. Her parents ensure that Toby's safe for a very, very short period of time. And they leave Sarah, who's still sulking in her room, upon discovering that her toy bear Lancelot is missing from her room. I missed that part. Sarah storms into her brother's room and finds the bear with him. Sarah flies into a rage and wishes that someone would take her away from this awful place. Shake the baby. Lifting a distressed Toby (laughs) out of his, basically, telling him a story that mirrors her own situation. She Um, calms down. But as she leaves the room, Toby continues to cry, and she says, I wish the goblins would come and take you away right now. Now, this is where this little flashes yeah. the goblins. I, right. love, I love the little room of, of goblins where they're like, that's not the spell. Before, before yeah. we get into this, I, I just want to point out, I was talking about Bowie kind of like using his songs to have like his own reflection of the plot. Um, so right before the scene with the stepmother, we are, we hear his song underground. The lyrics are, no one can blame you for walking away. 
with too much rejection, uh-huh, no love injection, nothing. Life can be easy. It's not always swell. Don't he doesn't say it's not always fair, by the way. Don't tell okay. me truth hurts, little girl, because it hurts like hell. And then that's when the stepmother says, You should be dating. Yeah. <laughs> um so then so she she finally gets the spell right. She leaves the room, and immediately Toby stops crying. She goes back in Oof. and Toby's gone. The next thing I observed is what is it what do they call it when you record dialogue Overdubbing. after the fact. ADR. ADR. This movie was like ninety percent yeah. ADR. What? Yeah. I I don't know that I disagree. I just never caught that. Considering it's like Muppets, of course. I think the Muppets were real time. I think I think most of Jennifer Connelly's dialogue was ADR. That would make huh. sense because there was probably a lot of technical stuff happening in yeah the mid mid eighties that tracks like it could yeah. also be to be fair that my very legitimate um fully sanctioned by the m p a a copy of this movie <laughs> <laughs> could could have just been old i don't know i don't know but maybe watch the first go go back and watch the first ten minutes and tell me if I'm wrong, yeah, right now, yeah, I think you're <laughs> <Okay>. right, <laughs> thank you, and while you and do we're that, back. we're gonna take a little break. Uh, listening to the commercials. Uh, that's you know how this works. Uh, goodbye. And we're actually back now. And See, I was right. Back. Mostly ADR. <laughs> <laughs> and I this scene also introduces some horror elements, which is kind of fun. If you're if you're she a, should be a, dating, a, we get it, Dan. <laughs> 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 no, when she, uh, she, Toby, Toby McGuffin is gone and there's like little creatures running around through the room. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah, scary yeah. and it's dark. And Oh, you said horror. Horror. Got it. Oh, my. It's my Canadian. So accent. Toby disappears. I was pretty excited when I saw the goblins for the first time because they were all so lifelike. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Practical effects are my favorite. 10 out of 10. Well, yeah, well, it was a room full of cool looking goblin flashed. puppets, and they're all different looking. They have so, different voices, and they were yeah, also yeah, yeah. cool. When I, such cool designs. This movie, I love too how there's like the one that won't shut up, and then the one that anytime he talks, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a, there was a lot of fun elements to this. A lot of fun characters. It was very. Um, not coincidentally, very Monty yeah. Python. Mm-hmm. Terry Jones. Okay. Terry, yep. No he's in it. Or he's director, maybe? Really? He wrote it. He wrote it. Jim yeah. Henson directed it. So like the, the scene, that we're skipping ahead, but the scene with the, the two doors and there's the, the oh, shield. yeah. The, the, pup, the puppet heads up on top and on the bottom. That was very like mm-hmm. Monty Python. Yeah. Anyway, so Toby disappears and the barn owl, we see the barn owl come back to our room. Um, that then transforms into Jareth, David mm-hmm. Bowie, Goblin King. He's shown up to shoot uh, the scenery. <laughs> I mean, that in a good way. So, he looks mm-hmm. so awful. He just, it's not a good look. I really? hate it. I hate it. The wig, oh. the wig is, is the terrible. Wig? It, I think the eye makeup is kind of cool, but the fact that the, he's like, the eye makeup, the yeah, lip yeah, color like the is all wrong. It washes him out. And then I guess I don't, the the purple top and the light colored bottoms could have been worse, I guess. But I don't know. He looks. He has a lot of costume he looks changes. So in ridiculous. This. By the way, I 
I just want to say if you if you have come to this episode because you are a Bowie fan and and you happen to love this movie very much, I need to apologize for Audrey. She doesn't understand that Jareth loves you. <laughs> And that he is your secret but, boyfriend. I'm no, very I get sorry. it. I get it that Jareth was like a lot of girls, like you know, sexual awakenings where they're just like and boys and boys and yes. boys. If if you're not a girl and you're listening, I hope you understand. Andre just not, so like doesn't know that Jareth is your all secret of those boyfriend. people now. Whenever they see hair that you, reminds them of Jareth, maybe they get that feeling. Or like if they see someone wearing tight pants, like uh, that crotch tingle. Okay, he's just okay. so. I, 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 I'm not. He doesn't look like a real person, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. He, he's no, not. I, he's the Goblin yeah. King. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he, as a, as a kid watching this movie, yeah, he was an unreal, like specter. Like what? What? Who is this person? What yes. is this person? He can move through people. So like he's and walls. He could have been uglier, and it would have been more interesting to me because all of the goblins are so huh. gobliny, and he's like, I'm a. He doesn't right. look. Uh, he doesn't a, look like the king of the goblins. I mean, I would have liked sure. it if he looked a little. I'm a king a of goblins or something. I don't know. Instead of like Sparkle Pony from Burning Man, like he's too clean. <laughs> He's yeah. it, it's okay that he's beautiful. But he's David though. Bowie. But he's, he's not even he's beautiful. David he looks playing David Bowie. Oh, okay. All right, I'll let it go. We can move on. I, I mean, David he's Bowie beautiful? beautiful. I think he's I much more attractive than I, I mean, in this movie. Like I, I was a little let down, I'll be honest. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be like I want to be attracted to David Bowie as Gareth, but I can't be because he just looks so bizarre. Uh okay. So Jareth tells Sarah that um he's taken the baby, right? And she can have a crystal that will reveal all of her dreams, which are what? Well, the, the, his crystals can turn into basically anything. Yeah. Right. Dreams are to be a part a princess in a fairy tale. Basically, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but uh, you can have all the dreams if she forgets about her brother. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, David Bowie has taken this baby to be a new goblin. Is that it? Yeah. After, so after- are all the goblins previously oh. babies they're like lost boys yeah i guess okay. i mean right. the, i'll the, take that yeah the impression is that at, yeah, he steals babies and after a certain porno time they become goblins well a certain it, but, porno time <laughs> i heard that too Thanks. um i i think what what's missing in that is that he is all of this is only happening because she wants the baby to be taken away by the Goblin okay. King. Because she, right. he's annoying. She wants her own life. Doesn't right. want to have to deal with the baby. So this fictional, this this whatever thing that she's either read or made up or whatever, she's again, she's doing that thing that a kid probably it would. It would be age appropriate if she was like, I don't know. 10 or 10 to sure. four, 14, mm. not 16, you know, but this is, she's kind of stunted and that's part of the point. Um, so this is where we get into that fairy tale logic of like, I am going, what if I actually, she, and she's talking to Toby McGuffin about how like she has, I just, the, the goblin King granted me these magical powers and I'll say the words. Don't you worry. I'll say that you, you better worry. I'll say the words. And then that's when we introduce this 
other fantasy element of like the goblins who may or may not exist there. It's probably just her imagination kind of playing along where they're like, Oh no, that's not, those aren't the mm-hmm. words. <laughs> so it's like what this, this purely imaginary thing, but the imaginary world has its own set of rules and consequences and, by the way, it knows it's an imaginary world, which is where Jareth comes in. And again, at the end, he basically says, like, I've been a good villain, right? I've been, mm-hmm. I've done everything that you wanted a villain to do. It's a good you know? line. So what? Then what? That's, that's what I'm missing. I've done all this thing. So now what? Now do you continue living in the fantasy world or do you reject the fantasy world and embrace the reality that you live in. Yeah. Do you grow up or do you become um, Tom Hanks in the Dungeons and Dragons movie that he did in the eighties oh, where he went monsters. insane? I have a, I have a VHS copy. <laughs> oh, why aren't we watching that one? <laughs> That's next year. Okay. So, so Sarah declines and Cherith says Cherith. that if you don't come get your brother in 13 hours, 13, Jareth. David Bowie is a chair. <laughs> Cherith. Cherith, cute story. That's a deep dive for you, Arrested Development fans. Any the show, not the band. Okay, so <laughs> he will become part of, uh, he'll be one of us forever if she fails to reach him in 13 hours. So <clears throat> Sarah sets off on her quest and she quickly encounters Hoggle. How do we feel about Hoggle? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's a, by the way, he's a dwarf who's the gardener or one of the gardeners in Jair's labyrinth. Uh, Hoggle was, it, it, we see a figure of Hoggle in Sarah's bedroom before she goes into know? her fugue state. <laughs> and um, he's an asshole. Yeah, Hoggle's uh, yeah. Yeah. for most of the movie. The whole time. I mean, well, he redeems himself over and over again, but then he is an he, asshole again. He, he well, he's keeps like, being he's, he's a, a coward. coward. Yeah, yeah. He's, okay, he's, like, sure. he's, he's not... Yeah, he's he's as a puppet, he's extremely impressive. Quite. <laughs> as a puppet, yes, we <laughs> But love he's not a puppet. a puppet. It's a it's a it's a what's the politically correct way of saying? Small person. He's a small person with a you know, a whatever a mechanical massive face. mechanical puppet. face. And puppet you face. can tell that the actor is struggling to walk around with that big heavy thing as a head. Very large head. Yeah. Um, so here, one of the things I'm skipping ahead again. So Hoggle throughout the movie is her friend and her foe kind of constantly getting in her way and then yeah, saving yeah. her out of guilt, constantly no. betraying her. But yeah, he's got an affection for her. Right. Cause he's somebody called her a friend. He's never been a friend before. He's a coward, etc. David Bowie says at one point, she is going to kiss you. And if she kisses you, I will turn you into a prince. So she kisses him. The and prince of the land of stench. Prince of the land of stench. <laughs> can can we be happy that he didn't get turned into a prince? Like he's just threatening to throw him into the bog. Yeah, that's that's all that is. It's yeah. a it's a joke. It's oh, a the joke. Prince of the land of stench. Okay, yeah. I just I, yeah. I, I you lost me at prince. Anyway, yeah, I just uh, thought for for that point, I'm like, are they going to turn him into a prince? And she's 16, and then is it really about like love and boys and whatever? I, it was not. It was a joke. My bad. I, according to several YouTubes, Hoggle is there for her to learn how to, um, how to give 
and give forgiveness because he okay. betrays her over and yeah. over again. And yeah. she, she finally him. has to understand through understanding his point of view and that he is a coward and that he is helping her despite being a coward, that that is actually a, a good trait. And she forgives him for his trespasses, as they say in that one. Book. Mm, yeah, that's, that's fair. Give us this day, our daily bed. <laughs> um, okay. So then Sarah's running through this. She goes in the labyrinth. She's running through this endless corridor and she finally gives up and she sits down and there's a worm, another so very many cool, cool puppets. puppet who's like, yeah, she's like, how do I get through? He's like, oh, you just go straight through that. Not everything's as it seems. This is a really cool yep. visual effect where it looks like a wall and she walks through and it's just, it's just a, a, the way the camera is set, the way the set is created, it looks like she's walking through. Like it's forced perspective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, forced perspective. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell until she walks past the wall. Then you say, okay, that's how it's broken out. But it's a really nice visual effect. By the way, on these shows, forced perspective. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Forced perspective is an all-star <laughs> on this show. Well, on, on, yeah. on, on, uh, between Supreme Resort, Supreme Resort yeah. and Scraping the Vault. It's <laughs> forced perspective if it's something we love very much. So first she's skeptical and then she finally approaches, she finds an opening. Great. So Sarah enters a new maze like area. Now the worm says, don't go that way. <laughs> Never go that way. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. that way leads to the center of the castle directly <laughs> to the castle, yeah. which is where she's trying to go. She missed that part. Yeah. Um, so she's in a new labyrinth area and then she finds, uh, small creatures that, that are overturning the stones that she's marking. So she's like running through this, what looks like a castle courtyard. She has a chalk and she's like drawing an arrow. Mm -hmm. Is it lipstick? Lipstick. Yeah. It's her lipstick. So, so then she does like an arrow of which direction she's going. And then immediately these little (laughs) trolls come up from underneath and flip the stones to change the direction in which she was coming. So many delightful accents. Agreed. They're they're very angry. (laughs) Vandalism. By the way, according to some of the, some of the, some of the YouTubes have said that uh, when one of the things that shows growth for Sarah is whenever she has to use, whenever she has to like see things for what they may not be. It's said several times you can't think take things for granted. You can't can't think take things for granted. There are a lot of repetition. There's a lot of repetition of that. And mm-hmm. any time in the story when she realizes oh i shouldn't be taking this for granted and has to like think it through a little bit then it rewards her and okay, same thing yeah. with her saying it's not fair it's not fair it's not right. fair over and uh-huh. over again and then at some point jared's like you keep saying that i wonder what your point of uh, comparison <laughs> is yeah, um, and i think that that may be some of the growth is that right. like i said before is that she's a victim all the time and now she has to like take ownership of her problems and figure it out right um, oh, so meanwhile, oh, are you this... seeing that there is some growth in Sarah? <laughs> there might be. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, Jareth is seen with Toby in his castle. He's celebrating Toby's arrival, and that is when Jareth sings the Magic best song, song in the movie, "Magic <sighs> Dance." And he gleefully plays with Toby in the midst of his golden. Audrey does not like subject. this song. It's it, it, it so, is earwormy. Real quick, Audrey. Like, I was, I woke up this morning and I was like, but what about the babe? The babe? You do? Who do? 
do 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 do. I don't even know how the song goes, but it's so it's in there, and I'm not. I'm annoyed. The back and forth with like, there's a dog in this movie that one of the dog puppets who's like the guard of the bridge mm-hmm. in the bog. Mm-hmm. His steed is a dog. Yeah, right. It's a dog, and the dog. dog going back and forth from actual dog to puppet is. I don't want to say seamless, yeah, but they do a good I'd job. Agree. In this scene, throwing the baby around. <laughs> You're right. They should have thrown the actual baby. It's yeah, disturbing. It's disturbing. Let's throw a real baby. I mean, you can tell when it's a baby and when it's not, but it's it's disturbing how high he throws that baby, regardless of it's. It a wasn't weighted correctly. They should have I, added more weight to the puppet, so then he would he could have something thrown it more believably. Well, like they threw him up. To, to hide the fact that it was not an actual baby, the baby's face was facing away from the camera, and the baby lands still facing away from the camera. You cut to, and it had turned around, and it's an actual baby. This I don't know. Anyway. This, and those dance steps were not, I mean, come on. Not dance A baby steps. would not dance in such a fashion. <laughs> Naturally. I... You, uh, this scene has had, I've had issues with this scene in throughout the years, especially because of like, you know, my criticism before was, uh, it's the guy who did the Berlin trilogy singing with Muppets. And I just, I can't, I can't deal with that. Dan, are you a bully fan similar to uh, my co-host Dan? Uh, yes, I, I believe oh, so. No. He sounds like a very cool Bowie person. shirt. Um, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, I thought it was a shirt about the knife. <laughs> it's, ah. about, it's about Bowie, Maryland, actually. Uh, I uh, it, it, there there is there's parts of it where it's just like, oh, he's fallen so far. But then again, as this being a point of light in between these two terrible albums, and then also when you imagine, oh, it's David Bowie on the Muppet Show. This is David Bowie on the Muppet Show, and it's just fun. <laughs> and like, there's even moments where he sings directly into the camera. Yeah, and that's it. I yeah. mean, that's that is what this movie is: is yeah. a giant Muppet Show. He's singing to the camera. He's singing to, to Muppets. It, it, yeah, and he says the he word does "baby." Look like he's so having that fun. must mean he does. Yeah, yeah. And I love in the the behind the scenes stuff. He is just like manhandling those <laughs> Muppets because like yeah. apparently they gave him. They basically they just gave him carte blanche. They're just like, yeah, we, we throw these things around the room all the time. You could just do whatever you want. And, uh, he did. <laughs> and then he thought that baby was also a Muppet. Yep. Um, okay, so eventually Sarah encounters the four guards, which leads to my personal favorite scene. Um. The challenge shows she's challenged to a logic puzzle. One of them always lies. One of them always tells the truth. I still don't understand how she got to the logic, but she figured it out, goes through the right door, uh, is not paying attention. She <laughs> falls. And the hands, the helping hands, the hands are yeah, so that is a cool. Really great sequence. They're so cool. The, and these are all practical hands that these, whatever puppeteers or whatever make into faces, complete with pupils, nostrils, mouths. It's remarkable. Oh yeah, it's clear personalities. Well like you see yeah. one, of, you see a few of them. You're like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, it's really well done. That was my favorite part of the movie. It's a uh, favorite effect, I should say, when it comes to movie magic. It's really well done, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's. It, it, I mean, it's a. It's Dave Gels and and Frank Oz doing like some of the best voice work that they do. 
Gonzo and Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's how a lot do, of voice actors in this. According to Nerdist, and I'm reading this fresh, how to solve the labyrinth two-door rizzle, riddle. To solve the puzzle, you must ask one guard, doesn't matter which one, which door the other guard would say leads out. Both guards will indicate the same door, which will be the door that doesn't lead out. For purpose of this explainer, we'll call the doors A, the safe door, and B, the the other door. Let's discuss. Scenario one, the guard you ask is the one who lies. If the guard you ask is the one who lies, then he will lead you astray by telling you falsely that the other guard, the truthful guard, will point you towards door B. This makes door A the safe bet. The guard, If you ask the guard who tells the truth... He will tell you honestly that the other guard, the lying guard, will point you towards mm. door B. This makes door A the safe bet. Did that make that sense? That makes sense. Yep, it does. Okay. And she did it. We missed the missed half of that <laughs> equation in the movie. Um, all right. So the hands after Sarah wants to go up or down, she says down. She ends up in the oubliette. Cool word. Which is a word I've never heard before. It, which is a dungeon that can only be accessed through a hatch in the ceiling. Is what an oubliette is. So then Hoggle is sent by Jareth to, because then we flash back to Jareth who sees her in the oubliette and she's like, he's like, how did she get there? And then he's like, I'm going to send one of my goblins to go send her back to the beginning. Mm. And she's going to give up, right? So um, Hoggle is sent by Jareth to release Sarah from the oubliette and by bribing Hoggle with a plastic bracelet she has with her Sarah is able to persuade him to take her back into the labyrinth. This is his first non-betrayal. Right. And there's that door effect. Yes. It's pretty cool. The door effect is really cool. So he, he, there's, there's a wall and then he picks up a door from the ground and he opens it to the left. By the way, no cutting in this, no obvious cutting in this scene. Right. He opens the door to the left and it's like a closet with a bunch of clutter and pots and pans. And he's like, nope, wrong door. And then he closes the door and then opens it to the right. And it is a now lighted passage. And I'm sure there's a cut, but oh my God, I've watched it so many it's times wonderful. and tried to catch the cut. You can't see it. It's no. it's fantastic Muppetry. Yep. This is one of the moments I'm like, the CGI for 80s is really good. <laughs> I kid you not. Okay. So then, um, so Hoggle leads Sarah past a series of huge false alarms guys. as they journey towards the exit. This is yeah. this is peak Money mm-hmm, Python humor, mm-hmm. by the way. Yes, it is. Yeah. But they're soon stopped by Jareth, who demands to know why Hoggle's helping Sarah. Nothing. Now, talk, to me about, <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about the false alarms. Right. Oh, it's just a joke. Okay. But I think it also reinforces the idea that you can't take anything for granted anytime you are Basically, you have to think for yourself and you have to think things through. And that's sort of like what she's learning. Okay. Uh, so then Hoggle's like, or excuse me, Jareth is like, why are you helping Sarah? Uh, Sarah irritates Jareth by describing his labyrinth as a piece of cake, mm-hmm. which provokes him to take some some of her time away. Rude. No longer has 13 hours. Yeah. And Hoggle's response to that is... <laughs> It's wonderful. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> so at this point then, Jareth sends her to the cleaners or sends the cleaners after her and Hoggle? Yes. Oh, yeah. This right. was a cool bit of technology. It made me think of I, Star Wars a little bit. 
like the guys yeah. on the back. Are these end the ones that take their heads off. No, oh, those yeah. are the the uh, the fireys. This okay. is the the giant machine that goes oh, down. Oh, the little spiky, yeah. spinny thing. Yeah, like right. the thing that dug the channel. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which looks like a monster, and then it looks, and then it's like, oh, it's a machine. And then this is actually one of has always been one of my favorite parts in the movie because when they finally narrowly escape, you see. <laughs> <laughs> that it's operated by just a bunch of goblins. Little goblins, who, yeah. Like, yeah, and it's, little it's goblins. It's kind of a, it's kind of a like piece of crap, piece of machinery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you knew what was behind it, you would be like, oh, this is all just theatrics. Like I could and- <laughs> probably hold my hand up against <laughs> yeah. it and be yes. fine. Hundred <laughs> percent. So there's with- a couple of moments. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Yeah. No, but that that's that's sort of it's a theme with this movie that I. <laughs> love and it shows something about i think it goes back to jareth knowing that he is like a man he he is pretending to be a threat he's a manufactured threat and everything Mm. is kind of like held together by duct tape and toenails and (laughs) (laughs) so there were that was one moment then there's a couple other moments that reminded me a lot of and probably done by henson studios but in men in black the movie, there mm-hmm. is a character, there's a big, tall, bald man who's an alien, but is powered by this little bitty little space alien thing mm-hmm. that powers this big giant thing. So there's an homage, maybe the Men in Black is an homage to that, but I there's a that, lot of that in this movie. There's probably, that's probably several homages because I can think of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character that's the same idea. Okay. Yeah, it's just, or, a, you know, it's a funny thing. It's, Here's the giant threat. Also, here's the tiny thing that runs it. <laughs> that runs behind it, yeah. <laughs> so at this point, after Dan, like you said, they push down a wall to avoid the cleaner. Uh, Sarah and Hoggle climb up a ladder and emerge in a courtyard, which is home to the wise man, played by one none only Frank Oz, mm-hmm. who offers Sarah a few words of rambling advice in exchange for her ring. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a hat. Let's not forget the hat. His, the his hat, hat is, a, is also an bird. ostrich. It's a it's a labyrinth bird. It's whatever. Oh, it's a, yeah. There's a lot Another, of weird living things. <laughs> yes, just like a really Audrey. cool design. Uh, yeah, I liked yeah. that character. Yeah, all of the character design is phenomenal. And Hoggle uh, was not happy that she gave him a good ring, right? <laughs> Instead of she got he got plastic, plastic bracelet. Yeah. At some point, he she takes Hoggle's. Magic lamp? I'm no, not she, sure she, what it, she takes his collection of jewelry yeah. because he likes collecting them, to which he replies, that's not fair. And mm-hmm. she kind of realizes, like, no, it's not. But that's just how it is. Yeah. That's, that's another yeah. moment of okay. growth where she's right. kind of realizing that, like, oh, I I guess life isn't always fair. It it can be just, but it's not always fair. Yeah, and then in fact, it's this point where Hoggle attempts to leave that Sarah takes his collections of plastic jewelry uh, that he has attached to his belt and refuses to return it to him unless he agrees to lead her through the labyrinth. Reluctantly, Hoggle agrees to accompany Sarah. They both continue through a hedge garden. And as they're walking, Sarah tells Hoggle he is the only friend she has in the labyrinth. Hoggle seems startled by this and tells Sarah that he's never had a friend before. Just after the exchange, they are stopped by a pained roar and makes Hoggle flee in fear despite Sarah's attempts to stop him. So they're in this maze. And <laughs> <Just> totally <laughs> takes off. He just takes Bye. off. See ya. 
And so Sarah goes to investigate and she finds Ludo, who is a giant monster hanging from his feet. And these little, um, these little, whatever shaggy haired <laughs> monster things. Tormenting. Goblins with little like fleshy bitey things on yeah, biting holes. monsters on sticks. They're like piranhas on sticks. <laughs> and the they're also saying things like insane. they, I don't know if you heard this, but they're like, sushi teriyaki. It's a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. Again, so many delightful accents that would totally fly today. Um, <laughs> so then she wishes for something to throw at them. And this is the first kind of homage we have to Ludo being able to summon rocks. Mm. Is that he's screaming. She wants something to throw. Rocks kind of find their way to her. Again, very well done. No cuts. Rocks rolling being pulled directly to her so that she can throw rocks to distract these guards with the piranha sticks. I couldn't tell if it was her magic power making that happen or Ludo's. Like, well, I she think... wishes for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's guess... established later on that Ludo does, in fact, have rock summoning powers. Right. Rocks right. are so his I'm friends. wondering if maybe she's wishing it, but his screams kind of... Um, well, summon them. Well, to I save think him? she hear he hears her say that, and he's like, "Hey, I, I could I could get you a rock." <laughs> okay. So anyway, she saves Ludo. She you know throws rocks. These guys run in fear with their piranha sticks that bite each other now instead of biting Ludo. <laughs> Turns out he's a gentle giant, right? Again, things are not what they seem. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so they work together and they find doors. With the knockers attached to them. The door knockers were wonderful. Yeah. This yes. Yes. This is my one, favorite scene. One is. door knocker. <laughs> you, you Listener, picture a door knocker. It's a <laughs> ring that is either, you know, historically in a mouth of some kind of gargoyle or in the case, in this case, the other one is the ring is through the ears right. of one of the monster gargoyle <laughs> door knockers. I, I love so that. he can't I hear anything so much. <laughs> He can't hear anything because there's a door knocker in his ears. <laughs> and the other one can't talk because there's a door knocker in his mouth. And the facial expression on the one who can't hear is so great. Like, if it had arms, you could picture the arms being, like, crossed. And like, ah, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> 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 it does the sniff, and you see the, the the entire face react to the sniff. It's like the puppetry mm-hmm. is – I mean, it's Jim Henson, so, of course, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so like he, she takes the ring out of the one on the right's mouth and so he can talk. And then, you know, they're like, how do we get through the doors? And like, well, you have to knock. And so she forces the ring back into the mouth of the doc, the door knocker thing by plugging his nose. Right. So so then he has to take a breath and she can jam it back in. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's a Uh, truck driving back. I was going to say, oh. is somebody flushing? <laughs> <laughs> Audrey's in the bathroom. Recorder. I was going to say a little preview for the bog of whatever smells <laughs> and the fart noises. <laughs> it's freshly cleaned, um, in fact. <laughs> okay, so Sarah and Ludo pass through one of the doors into a dimly lit forest. Soon after they enter, Ludo vanishes, falls down a pit or something, and Sarah's left to go despair. through the forest alone. Mm-hmm. And R.O.U.S. <laughs> yeah, there's a little Princess Bride-ish stuff in this, isn't there? Yeah, that's fair, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Meanwhile. I mean, a lot of that stuff was happening in movies at, at this time, so. Yeah, in the 80s. Everybody liked Pits of Despair. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Hoggle runs into Jareth, 
and which is where I wrote Bowie Moose Knuckle. We've talked about that. <laughs> who orders him to give a peach to Sarah? It's and the, this is this is peak Bowie crotch scene, by the way. It's, yes, it's that's like, why I wrote that note yeah, there. Yeah, it's it's about as I think Boggle was at his crotch at one point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was in the previous scene. That's where where we have the, our our image for the show from. Okay. <laughs> Um, so this is the Wicked Queen, uh, Poison Apple, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also for, so, for the Persephone thing, it's the pomegranate. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So when Hoggle asks if the peach will harm Sarah, Jareth taunts him with and ridicules the idea that Sarah could consider a repulsive little scab, such as him, a friend. And in parting, he tells Hoggle that he will make him prince if Sarah should ever kiss him, derisively adding that Hoggle would be made nothing less than Prince of the Land of Stench, which is what you guys had said mm-hmm. just prior to leaving the Land of Stench. Uh, he is so tickled by himself. That's mm. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> which brings us to my least favorite scene yeah. in the movie, which is the fireies. I hated yeah. this scene this was so bad. Yeah. It was, much. When I mentioned all the great puppet design and CGI, this was the worst <laughs> green yeah. screen Awful. You can see a black outline around Sarah. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Not a good song. All of those characters nope. are extremely irritating. What are they doing there? Yep. They're just I used there to, to love distract this scene. her. But yeah, like the song is a mess. It's just yeah. a mess. I think it. They could have cut so, the whole thing. I agree. I don't love the scene, uh, but just for funsies, YouTube commentary has sort of centered around the idea that they are they're sort of like a they present like a psychoanalysis of like well if you just reject all responsibility and just have fun and just have this party then you like yeah you're you're having constant fun but you are literally falling apart um Whatever. Okay. I'm not saying I agree. Or they're not. surprised that her head doesn't come off and that she yeah. can't do the things. Yes. Yeah. I, I, so I, then I think I, I approach this I'd scene with the same sort of like grace that I offer to Jar Jar Binks, not as a character because <laughs> the character's terrible, but like the idea that like, okay, I think I understand why Jar Jar Binks exists and it's because they could, and they were excited about what they could do with it. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. So they, they, they're weird creatures that can take off their heads. After a while, she gets frustrated and throws all their heads and then runs away. Yeah. And they're following after her. How come we can't take off your head? And then boggle hoggle, excuse me, drops a rope. She climbs out to safety. Hoggle. Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Hobart. In, in her gratitude, so she climbs up the rope that Hog gave her. In her gratitude, she kisses him, mm-hmm. which is when I missed the joke. I thought she, he was going to turn into a prince and I was going to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> um, Audrey, did you have more to say about the uh, the things? The fires? The, the fireies? I hated them. No, that's it. That's yeah. all I wanted to say. Okay. That was a bad scene and I was angry. And yeah. I That was my least favorite scene. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not green screen. <laughs> it's, no, it's, well, it's it's an entirely black set, yeah. which maybe should have been green screen. <laughs> yeah, that was the style of the time. Yeah. Anyway, so immediately after she kisses them, they fall down a trap door, and they are then at the edge of the bog of eternal 
stench. This was a which, pretty great which set. Which features anuses. Dan, yeah. um, this is Farting where lakes. you're going to need to pull out your YouTube <laughs> meaning because it was a pond of farting buttholes. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it was. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And then Ludo calls some stones so she can walk across safely. Every time they step on a stone, it's a fart. Yeah. I, I, I believe, I, like I feel it. like this, yeah, no, I feel like the Bog of Eternal Stench is sort of a reminder that we are watching a Muppet uh, okay. thing where it's just like, it's just silly. Like that, just that being the main threat in itself is ridiculous, but it's also right. the kind of threat that like, a stunted teenage mind would come up sure. with, right? <laughs> yeah, but if if a uh, if your foot touches it, you'll smell forever, right? Even a little part of you. So they find their way. They they see a bridge, and <laughs> mm-hmm. they're stopped from the bridge by Sir Didymus. Audrey, were you going to say something? Uh, no. Okay. I'm Just that the so, <laughs> the fireys look stupid. No, we're still on the fireys. Okay. <laughs> Are we on a delay? <laughs> She's no, on a four-minute no, no, delay. No, 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 I think no, it's just no, that no. they look that stupid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Sir, Sir Didymus, who's a small fox terrier, okay, he's a knight, and his duty is to defend the bridge. One of my favorite things um, is that nobody can cross without his permission. permission is granted. So they have this whole, like, fight and yada yada, and mm-hmm. then finally she's like, uh, can we have permission? He's like, sure. <laughs> uh, so the bridge breaks, of course, and he says, "Oh, it's thousands of years old. It, it holds up just fine." <laughs> Taps on it <laughs> and it collapses. <laughs> which is when Ludo uses his rock summoning powers, which reminded me of Frozen, mm-hmm. uh, the Frozen trolls. I thought they were going to become trolls. Oh, anyway, cool. yeah. I've not, always been confused. Um, like, there's still a small amount of uh, yes. stink water Thank on you. those rocks. Thank you. Yep. I, I thought the same thing. It's like, there's cl- it just came out of the water. A foot's going to touch that. It's, there's some bog water on there. But it, it's okay because your shoes are sm- are smell proof. As long as it's on shoes. the bottom oh, of the shoe. Oh, oh. Good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can take off his feet like the virus can take off their heads. I don't know. Check and me. I, I, so I also where love my... that Ludo throughout this entire scene is just smile. <laughs> he was cute. I like Ludo. I like Ludo too. I wish they um, climbed on his back and he like jumped around. You know, made like, a lot faster. Yeah, I wanted her to ride him like a like a like a um, beast of burden. Sure. Yeah. Like <laughs> there, like a Appa. But not Appa from I Avatar: okay, The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, the TV oh, show, not the movie. Anyway, if you haven't not, seen it, you should watch. Not, not that Jim movie. Cameron. Yeah, but there, there's also a really delightful clip of Prince Charles and Lady Di uh, before the accident uh, meeting Ludo. <laughs> Too soon, <laughs> and. Like the actual figure of Ludo, and it's like oh. fully animated, and wow, and they both have this look of like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah. Was the was there a person in the, inside that costume, or was it a puppet? Probably there was a person, and then yeah, there were. I think so. Do you know the 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 Muppet Sweetums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a giant Sweetums. 
Got it. I th- that's what I thought. And, you know, because Sweetums is in the in the Muppet Vision 3D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about it too soon. Um, uh, unless you're at Hollywood Studios. I say, I'm still know, there. I know. I know. Sometimes not there. Sometimes just off screen. Yeah, well, sometimes anyway, that shift just they call out. You that's know? right. This this is what brings me to my second or tied for least favorite section of the film. Jareth and Sarah dancing at the ball. Very awkward. It's very weird. Yeah. He's she's 16. Yep. Yeah. So leading up to this, let me get there. So together, Sarah Hoggle, Ludo, and Sir Didymus on his sheepdog Mount Ambrosius move forward, (laughs) entering an enchanted forest. Worn out by exhaustion and hunger, Sarah is delighted when Hoggle offers her a peach. Jareth ordered him to give her. Remember that? Sarah takes a bite, but the peach is poison and she falls unconscious while Hoggle, racked by guilt and betrayal, he runs away. Drawn toward one of Jareth's dream crystals, Sarah enters a dream world where she dances with Jareth at a magnificent ball. As they dance, Sarah notices a clock in the corner of the room that indicates the 13th hour is drawing near. Remembering her brother, blah, 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 blah. He's supposed, she's supposed to forget because the peach is supposed to make her forget. Talk to me about this ballroom scene, YouTube. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think the overarching thing is... It doesn't stand up well to 2024 eyes in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, and I agree with that, but I'm going to tread very lightly into some areas here. Um, first thing, and I, again, this isn't me arguing. This is me presenting arguments. Um, it, it's not the, – the entire scene isn't just – Hey, now I'm dancing with Jareth at this ball. It's, I go to this ball and it's super confusing. Everyone's in costumes. Everyone's made up. People are laughing. I don't know what to do. What, where's my place? It's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's dizzying. And Jareth is kind of in the background for a lot of it. Just kind of going like, Hey, what's, what's going on over here? What's going? And he's like talking to other people, but he's kind of like keeping an eye on her. For whatever reason, you could read a lot of different things into it, it good not and necessarily bad. sexual. Yeah, no, it's 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 implied because we are adults watching the thing, you know. Sure. And at the end of the day, I think the most fair thing to say about it is that whether the scene should exist or not, right? Whatever, you, I, and this is again a part where this is very much a Rorschach test of what it is that you're bringing to it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's not an accusation, but it's sort of like he is a figment of her imagination. And this is a dream within that figment of imagination. He is whatever he represents. And it could be a lot of different things. And he's, he's like this archetype of whatever he needs to be for the viewer. Um, it's, there is definitely a, like a seduction element, but, that word can mean a lot of different things, right? Um, and the lyrics, hold on. The, the song is very much about um, recognizing that there's absolutely no hope for whatever this relationship is to continue. But mm. there is still a feeling of it, the, the key line being, I'll be there for you when the world falls down. 
Mm. But there's also there's there's uh Give me a second. I'll grab it's it. It's a very morose this. sort of song. It's yeah. a great song. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I enjoy this one much more than, well, I mean, dance magic is great, but I think this is the other song in the movie that I really enjoy. I would be very curious. This just came to me, Dan is in the book. Uh, the story behind every track mm-hmm. is any of this in that book. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So here's here. Here are lyrics. There's such a sad love deep in your eyes, a kind of, I'm doing kind of some of this off the dome, by the way, a kind of pale jewel open and closed within your eyes. I'll place the sky within your eyes. So there's that like very heightened romantic imagery. There's such a fooled heart beating so fast in search of new dreams, a love that will last within your heart. I'll place the moon within your heart. Again, heightened romantic promisey language. As the pain sweeps through, makes no sense for you. Every thrill has go- every thrill is gone. Wasn't too much fun at all, but I'll be there for you. Ooh, ooh as the world falls down. I is like ooh, the ooh written yeah, in there. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> okay, good. This is this is David Bowie. Right um, to me, this is David Bowie writing a Brian Ferry song, okay, by the way. But anyway, okay. um, uh. I don't fault anyone. It, it is it is it is a squirmy scene to watch. I'm not going to lie. But I, I I firmly believe that the intent behind it was innocent. Scraping the vault, okay. listeners. Brian Ferry is the lead of the uh, the the glam rock band Roxy Music, mm-hmm. who uh, did many albums that Dan enjoys. <laughs> not not this Dan, uh, <laughs> right? Dan that's my uh, co-host, always uh, planning. Dan. Other Dan. Yeah, okay, I prefer so, Brian. You know, <laughs> so she gets tired of this, remembers her brother and breaks through the dream world by smashing the edge of it with a chair. She falls landing into a vast junkyard mound of possessions piled on her back. There's an old lady, the junk lady. These are and really the junk cool lady takes Sarah characters too. Yeah, quite. I love yeah. this character. Yes, yeah. very cool character. She but, brings Sarah to an exact replica of her bedroom. And the sort of like desolate environment around all the characters. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It reminds me uh, of hell from Hellraiser two in a sense. <laughs> didn't see it. Yeah. Don't watch it. Um, so <laughs> while Sarah's initially convinced, Oh, it was all a dream. I'm back home. She's there. She eventually remembers that she has to save Toby and escapes the room as it collapses around her. Well, as she rejects. So, and I think that this scene also kind of confirms by negation that this story is not a dream because if it was a dream, she wouldn't have said they would, they wouldn't have had that moment where it's just like, Oh, it's all a dream. Um, And the, the junk lady, this is, I think the most pointed telling of like what the point of this movie or the story is because the junk lady is just like oh no you just stay here with all your toys and look at this and look at this mm-hmm. and then yeah. she starts piling junk on top of her just like all the other junk people all yeah. of her all of her toys oh you love mr yeah you love mr. Oh, yeah. oh yeah oh you love so this one. perhaps the most poignant part of the arc this is all junk. None of it matters. But remember this, you know, forget about this other thing. Remember all these things that are really important to you. But I didn't understand why. Well, she's trying to, th- this is, I think this it's is just the point an, it's where- another obstacle on accepting adulthood. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like, look, look at all these things that can just, that can literally weigh you down. 
And like Lancelot the Bear, who she ends up giving to Toby in mm-hmm. the end. It's her mm-hmm. way of moving on. Yeah, she doesn't need all the stuff. Right. And I mean, really, that's What's important are the out. relationships. None of us do need the stuff. Yep. The, the 100%. Right. And okay. I also think that in fairness to the previous scene, the the item that she is handed that make that that she initially that she destroys first is the music box that has the when the world falls down music playing mm-hmm. in it. The like she's fantasy. she is rejecting that mm. that it's it's like it's almost like that first scene which again cringy creepy hi I'm Rick I'm, I'm uh, Chris Hansen all that stuff but like <laughs> um. There is that, and it goes right up to the edge of that, and it's almost like this is the this is the like the the absolute rejection of where that could have gone. The straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah, yeah. In a way. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at this point, uh, everything, all the, the the sort of official dream of her dream has collapsed all around her. Room's gone. And then Sarah finds Ludo and Sir Didymus. Together, they approach the Goblin City, where they are blocked by entering the city <laughs> by the giant robot named Humongous. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> but Hoggle leaps onto Humongous, like I mentioned before, uh, and stops it because it's actually run by a little goblin. Like uh, that Men in Black reference before, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's all just like just like all of the other threats in this world, it's kind of hokey, barely <laughs> held together. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it's, out! Here comes the axe, and it moves real yeah. slow. Real slow. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't cut anything either. <laughs> and then the just spikes, ding. the spikes that come up behind them are clearly yeah. like they they wobble, they're like they're bending, not really they're made out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's intentional, but I think it no, is. I don't think you think so. No. Yeah. I think it fits. Anyway. I think it fits with the the theme of like everything being kind of just dumb and not really a threat, and like okay. it's all it's all just dream statey. Yeah, it's like it's a it's a it's a kid playing with her toys, you know. Yeah, that's so. Kind of it. Hoggle Hoggle jumps down, stops the troll that's inside the brain of Humongous, and Sarah again. Forgives Hoggle for the peach incident. Another forgiveness once again for yeah. betrayal. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. You keep betraying me. Okay. Yeah, I'll <laughs> forgive you. You're a friend. So now she's got all her friends. Well, he did prove himself by without any motive other than just caring for her and them. He did take it upon himself to to uh, to take on hum- humongous and mm-hmm. defeat it. Yeah, That's and true. he immediately regretted giving her the, the peach. That's true also. He didn't want to give it to her. Right. She gave him an opening by saying she was hungry. Mm. So in a way, he was helping her? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so with all the friends alongside her, Sarah enters the Goblin City. They are quickly attacked by the Goblin Army, but Sarah and her friends manage to dodge all attempts to stop them and reach Jareth's castle together. I love the Goblin Army. The- those little guys know. on the on the little dinosaur things were like this is so delightful, so delightful. <laughs> and the like Warhammer like Blastoise bazooka guy with the <laughs> guns and the like armored head yeah, yeah. looks like a little and droid. He, and, and everything's alive. The cannonballs are alive. That's right. <laughs> right. That's <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> when they the Ludo shoves a stone in one of the cannons and it blows up, and the cannonballs <laughs> like I think I hit something. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was funny. Yeah, the fact that the cannonballs were alive, that was cute. So full of full of creative energy. Yeah. Because I can, says Jim. <laughs> uh, when they reach the throne room of the castle, Sarah realizes that Jareth must have hidden Toby somewhere, somewhere else. Oh, but Sarah- you forgot they defeat they defeat the army with rock powers. That's right. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and <laughs> oh, that's right. Because Ludo summons all the rocks. They're all right. Earthbenders, which you would understand <laughs> if you watch Avatar: The Last Airbender, the animated TV oh, yeah. show, not the movies. Not the well, movie. Sir, don't oh, forget, well, better media does exist. Don't watch the movie. <laughs> Oh, this M. Night that. Shyamalan one? Yep. Ugh. Why are you here? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> my, my wife bought it and said, and she said, I, I thought, you, well, I know you like M. Night Shyamalan, and I know you wanted to watch this show. Let's watch this movie. And I went, oh, I don't think that was the spirit of the show. Well, let no. me kill both of those things for you now. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as awful as I thought it would be, but it it was still like, I don't think this is as fun as the show was. Yeah. What You're are we talking correct. about? I missed it. Avatar The Last Airbender. The TV uh, the show is is top 10 the movie by m night Shyamalan is bottom of the it's bad it's real bad. do you think that would be the most meta if james cameron's third iteration of avatar is <laughs> avatar the last airbender that would be That'd quite be pretty meta. sweet what color it's, would those metakaya be or whatever they're called isn't it isn't it like the seed bearer what's the third one? Oh yeah that makes sense I don't know when they're going to bring the shaman a song in, but they're missing out. I didn't see the second one. Should I watch it? Vote I in the comments. It. Listeners, yeah. leave us a review. Tell me if I should watch it. Please leave a review and see if she, uh, if Audrey should watch the, the, the movie that made $2 billion somehow. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Somehow. $2 billion. Somehow. If she could call, if she should call eight five six our ears and book a vacation Ooh, to Walt Disney to World, Walt Disney where World, she could fly on the mighty Ikron through <laughs> the world of Avatar: The Last Airbender, or like we like the to do, go Ikron. to Dis- downtown Disney in Anaheim, go to the Pandora store, walk in, and ask where the ride is. <laughs> they love it; it's their they favorite. It. Oh God! <laughs> Have a Disney day, kids. <laughs> the jewelry store. <laughs> All right, so oh, gosh, so at this point, was- Sarah. It was years ago. Yeah. What's that? You going to downtown Disney and asking about Pandora. <laughs> can I can I ride the Mighty Across? Smart ass. <laughs> you, me, and... You, That's right. Dan, me, yeah. and Jason telling you to do stuff in downtown Disney. Oh, my fun. God. That was the opening day of downtown Disney during yeah. peak COVID, which wasn't actually peak COVID at the time. And you wouldn't <laughs> tell people it was your birthday like I wanted you to. No. <laughs> But you would ask innocent retail workers stupid yep. questions. Yep. God damn you. <laughs> what we don't do when we have COVID. Um, okay, so Sarah at this point realizes that Char- Jareth must have hidden Toby somewhere else. Jareth. And she's uh, like her friends like, hey, guys, I got to do this alone. Peace. Yeah, and her reasoning is that's just how it's done. It's just how it is. So yeah, that's- done. <laughs> Time for me to take initiative and then she finds herself in the mc escher room and which is before practically 
amazing. Sorry. Yeah. Before we get in there, I, I want to point out that I really think that, and again, I, I also want to mention, I hated this movie up until like three days ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I know that you, I know that you hated it. I'm just allowing that you'd like it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally won me, won me over if I, I just needed to look at it the right way, you know, from a certain point of view. Uh, or not take it for granted or whatever, all the tropes. Um, this is sort of just like when Jareth at the end says in all sorts of ways, look, I've been your villain. I, what else do you want from me? I've, I've, I was menacing. I've done all these things because you want me to, um, where that show, sort of points to him being self-aware as a character in a story I think it, she shows that she's self-aware as the protagonist in that story by saying, like, I guess I have to do this alone because that's I think that's just how it's done. Right. Mm. Like, you know. So this room and I'm with you 100 um, percent. This this room is amazing. It mm-hmm. is. I don't know how they did it. All practical. practically. It's just amazing. It's I- like the painting you've seen with the staircase of M.C. Escher. It's that. Or and if you're that much is. of a Disney nerd, it's also at the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> also the Haunted Mansion. In, in only Walt Disney World, which is why it's better. That's right. And the mm-hmm. steps that the on Eric, to your point, in the Haunted Mansion steps, those are in fact Jareth. Are oh. they? Oh. No. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jareth. I mean, yes, up they the are. Steps. But uh, they, they, there's they that scene where the Escher Estate he, in the in the credits of the movie. It's they called the Escher Room. That that yeah painting. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And and like he's Jareth is walking off the side and then he ends up upside down. I mean, I oh, get yeah, how they work it neat. with cameras. But it was really cool. There's some and wire work and stuff. Yeah. And I don't think anyone will, will be surprised by this. Probably my tie for my favorite song in the movie. It's a good song. It which was Within you, hold on. I'll okay. pull up some lyrics. Keep talking. Right. Dance, magic, While I'm doing, dance. While Jareth is in the room with her and Toby, but Sarah mostly ignores him and focuses entirely on finding her brother, who just randomly goes to different ledges and stuff. Sarah finally reaches a high ledge and finds that Toby is sitting above a pit, a long way below her. So, closing her eyes, she leaps from the edge to reach him. So, this. Again, going to the commentary of David Bowie doing like a meta commentary in the lyrics of the song. Cause that's what, you know, he's, he's good like that. Uh, how you turn my world, you precious thing. You starve and near exhaust me. Everything I've done, I've done for you. I move the stars for no one. You've run so long. You've run so far. Your eyes can be so cruel just as I can be so cruel. Oh, I do believe in you. Yes, I do. Live without your sunlight, love without your heartbeat. I can't live within you. Wow. So all of that kind of playing towards his speech about he was everything to her. and Well, he, he can't exist without her needing him to exist. Okay. Oh. Fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if we're going with the dream version of this. Or just yeah. imagine that just imagination in general. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels a little tragic point, now. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're getting towards the end. So Sarah descends slowly. She takes the leap of faith. She descends slowly and lands on a platform that is suspended on midair with pieces of rubble floating around her. As the world cool falls set. Down. Okay. Jareth, is that the song? No, that's uh, that's 
there there's a tie-in to okay the world falling down jareth approaches her from a shadowed uh alcove and desperately attempts to distract her telling her that he did everything she asked that dan talked about it before mm. she did he did everything she asked of him saying he will give her everything she wants in exchange for her love fear and obedience anything mm. it's an addiction I mean, I'm not saying that he is an analogy for addiction necessarily or that she is an addict, but that's that's basically – I mean, if you think about someone who is stuck in a place or if you've ever been stuck in a place, you know, um, there's that feeling of – it. in order to have that comfort, at some level, it also needs to consume you. Mm. Okay, so – this is something I didn't quite catch. The book that she was reciting from the beginning was called The Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Right. So Sarah ignores him and recites the speech from The Labyrinth, which she could not quite remember at the beginning, if you remember. And by the way, he's noticeably kind of... Kind of upset. Well, he's not upset, but also like the there's, there's just a slight change in the makeup and the costuming. Like mm. he's fading. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jareth holds out a crystal for her to take, but Sarah disregards it and tells Jareth, you have no power over me. And then Which he crumbles. I have to say, every time we watch this, my wife and I go, well, how how can she forget that line? <laughs> right? right? It's deliberate. <laughs> like, there's something about this that is... It's, it's more... Like, it's gotta be... I mean, yeah, we like to make fun of it, but there's a portion of her that doesn't want to give up that doesn't want to take that power to herself. Right. She's mm-hmm. fine giving that power to her addiction. Like you're saying, Dan, like the, I've, like how do you forget you have no power over me? Like that's right. the easiest line. <laughs> so one of the lines that'll come back that, that she goes out on her own because that's just how it's supposed to go. Her friends repeat the line. Should you ever should, yeah, you, should ever you ever need, need us? us? Yeah. Should you ever need mm-hmm. us? Right. Um, so uh, after she says, you have no power over me, Jareth crumbles before Sarah's eyes. Which, the by the way, he- I have found uh, or there exists an alternate version. I think it's the original version of this scene. And mm-hmm. I wish there were a better YouTube. What the, you, you can barely make it out in, in the audio. But basically the way it ends is – it's all the same until it gets to the point where she starts to say the words and she's and and they cut away to the goblins again in the other room or the 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 dark room where they're like, oh, she's going to say it. Mm-hmm. She's going to say, say the line right. And then so that's kind of fun. That's a tie in. But then and this is I, th- I think I understand why I wish they would have kept this in ending, but I think I understand why they didn't. Um when she finally says, you have no power over me, his whole demeanor changes and he just goes, no, I don't. Hmm. That is not in the movie. It's not in the movie. And he has, and there's this, this expression that he has of like, I'm, I'm like, it's almost like pride, but also like Mm -hmm. "Ah, you, you've bested me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. Huh. And then he, he kind of lingers for a little bit and then, throws the thing up in the air yeah so the the crystal that he had turns into a bubble right and it pops and he turns into a barn owl right 
So in this one, he's he the, in, the in that ver- in that version, he acknowledges, yeah, I I never have had power over you, basically. And he, he seems happy for her, but he still lingers and he throws the the crystal ball up in the air. And then that and then everything else is the same. It's a lovely okay. scene. I wish they would have kept it like that, but I guess you can't be that vague. Right. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so so he turns into an owl, she finds herself transported back into her entrance hall of the house, and the uh owl is uh just flies out from the window. So Sarah runs back upstairs to check on Toby and he finds him sound asleep. Uh, she goes back to her room, starts to pack away some of her childish possessions. When her friends speak to her from the mirror of her vanity, they tell her that she can call upon them if she ever needs them. And Sarah tells them that she will always need them. With that, her friends suddenly appear in her room along with other creatures from the labyrinth and they all celebrate Sarah's victory. Yep. Hooray. Hooray. So, I don't understand it. <laughs> are, so it's all this you, like. You don't get a big Muppet party at the end well, of the movie? It's like, it's like it's the it's either a lesson she learns and none of it's real or all of it's real. And what? Why are they there? <laughs> why are, And like the rest of it's just ignored. They're just having a Muppet party. Mom and dad come <laughs> home. They're like. Peace out. Kid's fine. We're having a... I don't get it. I Sweetheart, don't the cops see- are called for a noise complaint by the neighbors. <laughs> right? What's going I, on I up think there? it smells bad. A <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, cap. <laughs> Who's been in our master bedroom? Um, <laughs> I, I, I also struggled with this a little bit. Until I stopped resisting that this movie is actually delightful. I think it's the, the whole should you ever need us thing is, okay, yeah, you grow up and you learn to not be controlled by your childhood stuff and not to be weighed down by it. But you still sometimes need a little bit of that, you know? Okay. It's not so it's not no I can't ever play or ever have imagination or ever have like whatever this world represents. It's but it's that I have taken control over it. It has no power over me. I have power over it and I can mm-hmm. choose to engage with it when I want to. Okay. So yeah. to finish off, uh Jareth the owl at the window flies away and in a very sort of what I saw as proto Batman flies into the moon (laughs) (laughs) and then the end Um, (laughs) Um, this movie cost 25 million Mm dollars dang and i want i'd like to read this box office okay (laughs) labyrinth opened at number eight in the u.s box office before you get three labyrinth fans it's been great having you uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> Please continue listening to Scraping the Vault and uh, Bowie's Planning, also all of our other podcasts, which will be, I think, probably... You know what? I'm going to put it in right here. Welcome to Audrey Cleans a Microphone, a very special presentation by The Supreme Resort and Scraping the Vault. Also, too, Bowie's Planning. And oh, also brought to you by Ears up. Ears up in depth. 
and the milk milk lemonade around the corner <laughs> and the milk milk and beauty pod. Uh, I guess that's I been the, our plug of all the other shows on the network. Yeah. <laughs> Add it on to the end. Hey, by the way, my son is a listener. Oh. He listened to the Mamma Mia episode, which I don't remember recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, you should rename the show Dan Hates Everything. <laughs> <laughs> it could work. I don't hate everything. And by the way, he has since watched Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2, mm-hmm. I don't know, half a dozen times. Yeah. Says he likes the second one better. Well, oh. I said, well, if you like Mamma Mia, you'll love Pitch Perfect. And, and if you've enjoyed Audrey cleaning a microphone, you will love the episode that you might have already listened to. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Okay, that was it. I know it's kind of a mess. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just wait till the Easter egg. Uh, Here, here's what. Right. Okay. I, I my, thought there was my labyrinth fans. Is, go ahead. Jimmy. This is not at all an attack on labyrinth fans. <laughs> no, they deserve to be attacked. They're gone now. <laughs> 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 they are. They're uh, the. They're at the bottom of the barrel with Bowie. Fans. But I just want you to. I just want you to listen to this list of films that this movie unfairly opened against. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not fair. <laughs> it opens at number eight, the U.S. box office with three point five million dollars. Okay, at eleven hundred and forty-one theaters, mm-hmm. which placed it behind. Wait for it, The Karate Kid Part Two. <laughs> back to school. Legal Eagles. Ruthless people. Running scared. Top Gun and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hmm. Okay, the last two are actually something. I guess Ruthless People was was big. Back but... to the Future Two. How dare you? <laughs> Back to the Future Two. I mean, come on. Oh, sorry, Karate Kid. No, Back to School. No, Karate, Karate Kid Part Kid. Two. Karate Kid Two. two. Back like, to School. No. Back to School is a Rodney Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield right. yeah. and uh, the Screaming Guy. Um, <laughs> so Kenison. the next weekend, Sam Kennison, next weekend box office film dropped to number 13, mm-hmm. only earning 1.8 million. By the end of its run in the U S it had grossed 12.7 million or half Ooh. its budget. Overall, it was big. It was fairly big overseas. The total worldwide gross was $34 million. So okay. it made money in, in, if you don't take in Hollywood math, but not <clears> a lot, there was a possible sequel. Oh God. <laughs> In January 2016, Nicole Perlman announced that she had been hired to write the script for the sequel. By April 2017, uh, Fede Alvarez signed on as director, as well as co-writer Jay Basu. Henson's daughter, Lisa Henson, also named as producer. By October 2018, Alvarez confirmed that the script was complete. In April 2020, what else could have happened? Uh, Alvarez announced that he had stepped down as director in May of 2020. Scott Derrickson, known for directing Doctor Strange, was announced as director. Hmm. Maggie Levin joined him in writing the script for the movie. The wow. Jim Henson Company, Brian Henson, uh, sorry, the Jim Henson's company, company's Brian Henson, was set as the executive producer and confirmed Lisa Henson as producer. In what February 2021. When, when they start talk, talking about it? In 2016. <laughs> David Bowie died in 2016. <laughs> Oh, so he was not attached. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> it was January 2016, oh, no. to be fair. It was before he died. No, he, he died in January 2016. Oh, sad. Yeah. <laughs> January 10th, two days after his birthday. Oh, man. Oh, um, no. 
In February 2021, Jennifer Connelly revealed that she had conversations about being involved in the Labyrinth sequel, but was unsure about what was Not Jennifer Garner? Wait, what happened to Jennifer Garner? <laughs> no, God. They recast. Recast to Connelly. In October 2023, Derrickson stated he was unsure whether the sequel is going to be made. We never got a script the way to a place where the studio wanted to make it, and it's hard uh, it's a hard, hard project to turn into something commercially viable because it's so imaginative and surreal that there's no way it can be done cheaply. And it is a tough movie for a studio to feel com- competent that it had enough commercial value to earn a profit. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Okay. Don't think it's going to happen. Mm. Mm. Oh, but I found all the beers that we can <laughs> drink while watching this movie. <laughs> but the remake... Uh, Who's Jareth if they do a remake? Josh Gad. Will Ferrell. Josh Gad. Uh, <laughs> All right. I see where we're going with this. What about, <laughs> um, what about that Ferrell. guy, the singer? Uh, he sings, I'm coming Timothy back Chalamet. for you, babe. Bye. Huh? Bye. You know, that one guy, the popular singer Keep going. guy. Keep going. Um, Dan, I have your answer. I think his name's Will. You're not taking the bait on <laughs> singing more. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy, what's what's the answer? Tom York. Oh, oh my god! Wow, that's the answer. Wow, that's the answer. Tom York. That Radiohead. is not I know, bad. I love him, actually, but he's, has he been he's in Sphinx? Much too old. I don't think he's a very good well. actor. <laughs> Unlike David Bowie, David Bowie's a little better. <laughs> Come on, we haven't seen. We don't know. We haven't seen uh, old Tom in action. Um, he voiced a char- He voiced himself on a South Park episode a long time ago. Tom York. Tom did? York. Yeah, it's an episode uh-huh. where Radiohead shows up. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I should. They- the, huh. It's a chili con carne festival. It's like really old. It's like this is a 20, 20 year old episode, 15 year old episode. Or something. I don't know. I think the, the that's a good answer. I was going to go with Lady Gaga just because that's like oh, kind of an obvious. That's probably more okay. appropriate. That's these cool. Days. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's better for this day and age. I think it, you're right. Chalamet sounds like a like on the nose sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But did you see Wonka, by the way? No, I have not yet. No. Okay. Um, um, yeah. But while we watch this movie, still I still don't know how I feel about this movie. You you love it. Um, <laughs> but maybe if I enjoy this delightful beverage, I have three beers. All three beers from Labyrinth Brewing Company. Nice. Audrey, were you about mm. to say thoughts about the movie that how you feel? I'd about watch it? it again. I would watch it again. It has it has a it does have appeal for a lot of reasons. Like the the the, the puppetry is so so impressive. Mm-hmm. I think when I'm not watching it with a critical eye, I have to talk about it. I think I'd probably enjoy it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just I'm watching a movie like Audrey. You said you were just watching a movie, didn't take notes. Yeah, just felt like zoning out. Yeah, I think I might feel a little more ironic about it, but. But just just to be able to absorb the mastery in the puppetry and the practical effects, it's it's pretty remarkable for 1986. It's remarkable for 2024. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, I agree. So there are three beers that I like to try. There are two runner ups, um, <clears throat> all three from uh, Labyrinth Brewing Company. First one is Turbo Love Juice. 
<laughs> inspired by one of our favorite metal gods, Tur- <laughs> Turbo Love Juice is hopped with cr- Citra, Cascade, Laurel, and Equinot hops. This pineapple orange tropical blast has, re- has a restrained bitterness and a creamy mouth feel. Hmm. Okay. Second runner up, Baby Love Juice. <laughs> Perhaps more appropriate. Okay. It's a crushable version of our flagship Turbo Love Juice, hopped with Citra, Cascade, Laurel, and Equinot. Baby Love Juice. That just sum, sums up the movie. No other beer sums up the movie than <laughs> Labyrinth Brewing Company's I'm Dead Inside. <laughs> oh. Juicy AF Hazy Double IPA for the times when you're feeling like you have given the last fuck you have can give. <laughs> Dry hopped with Cryo Pop, Amarillo, El Dorado, and Citra to give an explosion of citrus, pineapple, and tropical flavor slash aroma. Slight sweetness without being heavy or overly filling. Mm. Perhaps this may even make you feel less dead inside. Mm. All three of those, I think, quite appropriate for this film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Audrey, what are we going to eat? I had to think about it just now. Uh, (laughs) I, again, didn't write anything down. And I'm sorry, I'm not doing a very good job today. Do you want me to go uh, first while you think? No, no, I think I've got yeah. it. It's a it's a Pizza Hut, but when they had this, this salad bar, uh, but oh, inside yeah. of the Pizza Hut yeah. is a bunch of like soccer teams that just played a soccer tournament, and you're there as a teenager <laughs> or an adult, and oh. you, I want to get up to go get some salad, but there's little goblins running around, and they're in my way. Make that a Shakey's, and I'm there. <laughs> shakey's, and yes. What? Who doesn't love pizza? So round table, yeah. round table salad mm-hmm. bar. Mm-hmm. We'll just go with that. Wow. That is a, that is a mood right there. Mm-hmm. That's speaking insane. of moods, Dan. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's perfect. Um, this is, uh, for all intents and purposes, this is Cocteau twins with Harold Budd. Ooh. Um, by the way, Harold Budd, wonderful bird, wonderful, wonderful musician. Um, and I was really torn with this. Do I play a Bowie song? What do I do? And then I thought, okay, there's so many things about this movie that is like peak 80s without being peak 80s. Like if you think peak peak 80s in some ways, I think you think like day glow and drum machines and like lasers and, you know, pew pew, like action packed 80s stuff. There was also that like more moody ambient eighties that happened. And this movie has a lot of it. And this is called the ghost has no home and it's a slow burner. And one of the things that makes this super eighties to my ear. Oh, I'm already feeling it. Yeah. Uh huh. You have the electric piano, which is clearly an electric piano. Use of a saxophone, oh. first of mm-hmm. all, and so much reverb on that saxophone that there's probably no dry mix at all. <laughs> a guitar filtered through at least infinity number of pedals. <laughs> and then if we make it this far, you will hear the fretless bass. All those things put together... 80s. Like, but 
Good. Nice. This sounds like the end to an episode of something. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. Maybe I'm even Stranger Things. We'll, we'll just go modern and go Stranger Things. And... Yeah. No, th- this 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 track is uh, definitely on heavy rotation. It's a banger. Um, Did Bob appear in this episode of Twin Peaks? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm taking a sound bath right now. Just it's that's mm-hmm. that they'll do that to you. Um, I, I'm kind of just killing time for when the fretless bass shows bath. up. Um, but yeah, this is very. It is very. Uh, remember when music was like this? I was actually doing some some research into what changed with music, and it was, it was actually <laughs> around the time of Labyrinth, around 1987. A lot of people, you, a lot of people who study this crap agree that like something changed and I kind of looked further into it and turns out MTV got really popular. It, 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 it hit in 81, but they started doing the VMA video music awards in 84. Mm. And so it became like a real industry force. And at the same time, live aid happened in 85. Mm. So I think what ruined post-punk or whatever this kind of music however you you qualify this kind of music i think what ruined it was the uh the, all of those things coming together and people taking themselves too seriously and not taking risks and the stakes but oh it's here fresh space is here i can stop talking here we go don't you hide from me Fred's space. come out little freddie That rubbery, fretless bass. Wow, wow. Yep. And the the doubling of it. This is so eighties. Like it, it's it's that it's but it's the eighties that we forget about that we like don't. You know, it's not breakdancing for us, so a lot of us don't consider this no, to be eighties. But I mean, oh it's, my it god, it's like eurythmics and yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of those more ambient bands, interstitials with every eighties rom com, mm-hmm. mannequin, <laughs> mannequin. <laughs> I think maybe this really lends itself well to our most anticipated segment. What drugs are we going to take while watching this movie? <laughs> yeah. hey, Eric, a well, pharmacist. The the drug that I associated with this this particular film is Aripeprazole, uh, uh, ah. sold under the brand name Abilify. It is an Abilify. atypical antipsychotic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, used for schizophrenia, um, OCD, and bipolar disorder. Uh, so, so appropriate. For for the teenager in your life who is so dissociated from reality that she may or may not have harmed your infant son <laughs> <laughs> while she went on an adventure with Muppets and a man with a large package, Harry Pipperzel. <laughs> I nice. love that. Well done. That's great. Well done. This is a good segment. <laughs> yep. Very well done. You might have to Call in the next episode. <laughs> uh, well, Dan, thank you for Labyrinth. I thought it was a delight. I look forward to watching it again. I think this time in the theaters, March 6th at the nice. Movie Tavern in right. Savannah, Georgia. Bring is that the a whole thing? 
I don't know what it is. It's just movie tavern shows, like, they just do that. Yeah, like Alamo Ferris does Brewers a lot of and... stuff like that around here, too. We don't have yeah. movie tavern, but we, yeah, Alamo Draft House does a lot of yeah. old just throwback movies, because why not? You know, yeah. nobody today remembers seeing Labyrinth in the theaters. Because, you know, nobody did. I wasn't even alive <laughs> but, you yet. Know. Neither was Dan. Nope. Phenomenal. Oh, hey, March yep. 6th and March 10th. It is a Fathom event, so you listener, you too can see Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Listen to this episode while watching. Play With it. With a while, special appearance watching. by the corpse of the David theater. Bowie. Oh. <laughs> too soon. Anyway, it was fun. I, I liked it. It was a nice break from our straight-to-videos. Um, I don't know. So it's up there in the top of the movies we've watched. Um, I think you're... Fincher, was it Fincher? David Mamet, David Fincher. What's the one? Bowie with the with what? the oh Mulholland David Lynch. Drive. David Lynch. David Lynch. Mulholland Drive. Okay. Mulholland Drive. Like, Bill takes the cake, I think. Um, Another important sexy cats. David. Sexy cats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is up there, right below. Very Brady Christmas. Very mm-hmm. <laughs> Brady Christmas. Sexy uh, cats. Labyrinth. Sexy cats. Labyrinth. Somewhere in there. What do we got going on for concierge? Anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, we have a new concierge listener of the show, uh, Liz. Last name to be uh, determined after we book the trip. But Liz reached out today. She's a concierge. Excuse me. She is a uh, Scrape in the Vault Supreme Resort listener. Hooray! And they're going in the fall, either August or September, trying to figure out when they're going to go, where they're going to stay. I think they said they want to stay at the Candy Cane Inn. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, just finished booking for Get there now uh, before it melts. Mitchell oh. Smith, who's a repeat concierge, <laughs> candy cane. I get it because it's implied that it's made out of shit. Yeah, um, yeah. Mitchell Smith is going back, staying at the Castle Inn and Suites across the street. Uh, yeah. So if you want to, and if if you want to listen to how much detail we put into planning <laughs> for our, our clients, go ahead and listen yeah. to the Supreme Resort. Year in Review, where we talk about how much planning we put into Jason's coming trip. Ah. Which, by the way, he's there now. He's not going. (gasps) What? He he said it on the show. (laughs) I've gotten good good reviews of uh, Dan's tips. Ah. Yeah, a lot of people say they like Dan's tips. So if you have not... If you have not listened to the Supreme Resort and are going to Disneyland anytime soon, listen to the latest episode... By latest, I mean the one that came out early January 2024. Uh, Dan's tips and tricks for going to the resorts. Really well done. Can we, any any future uh, things involving my tips, can we refer to the, the, the second? Is your Frosted Dan, Tips? Dan's, Dan's Frosted Tips. Yes, Dan's <laughs> Frosted Tips. That'll be a new segment every episode. Audrey, have you figured out what we're going to watch next month? Nope. No, okay. I'll uh, give it oh. some thought. What are you guys feeling like? What do you want? What, what, what do you want? Some musical crap is what Jimmy's going to say. Uh, I think Eric should assign it to us. Um, paint that wagon. <laughs> paint your wagon. <laughs> Starring Lee Marvin. Is that a real movie? Jimmy knows it. It is, but don't. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Audrey... first... uh, go for some Gilbert and uh, Sullivan. No, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Pirates of Penzance I... with Audrey. Jim I think Klein. we had talked about Sweeney Todd. We talked Man. about. Um, have you guys Grizzly seen Sweeney Todd? Yes, I have. I have. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, if we've all seen it, then that's not fun. 
Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna go Pirates of Penzance. Mean Girls, the musical, the movie. <laughs> oh boy! Of Legally course, Kevin Klein's in that. <laughs> have, have any of, of you seen the Kevin Klein Pirates of Penzance? <laughs> no, yeah. but yep. of course he's in it. Oh has. my god! <laughs> yep, of course I have. That is the most Kevin Klein anyway, thing is him being in tuned. Pirates of Penzance. Yes, quite. Stay tuned when Audrey decides what we're gonna watch. It might be Dealer's a while. choice, Audrey. Okay. Until then, month. Should we do this? Yeah. All right. Yes, we should. Okay. Be kind So I was like, let's go watch Pitch Perfect. And he decided that he will not refuse to watch. So instead, what? we played Monopoly. And I said, you're not watching TV unless we're watching um, Pitch Perfect. And so we played Monopoly. <clears throat> and it was like 45 minutes before bed. And I'm like, you want to watch Pitch Perfect? He's like, sure. So we watched the first 45 minutes, which is all exposition. And, you know, it's college girls singing a cappella. what? So at the end of that time, it's like time for everybody's like, excuse me? What? Just naked college girls. It's fine. Ooh, yeah, I did say there were boobies in it. I was misleading. their side boob. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so at the end, just in, to spite his brother who refused to watch, he's like, that is so good. And I'm like, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> so and then last night. the one that listens to the show. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and then um, last night, I got uh, one of the concierge friends gave the family a whole like movie tavern box set gift certificate popcorn extravaganza so we went to see mean girls the movie the musical the movie last night how was it heck mm-hmm. had a sleepover so we brought oh he'll love it and he was not happy at the end he walked out that was the worst movie i've ever seen <laughs> hold on now wow. i think it's everything glass house i think you're right glass that's houses. right that's right wow um, anyway so it was the worst movie ever it was miserable he was very upset he got a talking to about his attitude because he was playing with rappers the whole time Mm. Anyway, oh, those to answer rappers. your question, I mean, Audrey, it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It was Which just rappers? Ice tea? Straw. <laughs> rapper? Straw. Rap, rapper? Not, I hardly like, knew her. Wiki, 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 Eric. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, he was supposed to get an icy. They ran out of icy, so he got a straw, oh, a not Sprite. The same. And then he says, no, it wasn't Sprite. I just said Sprite, so you know what I meant. It's Starry, which isn't as good. Well, maybe he's... Oh. How old is he? 13. What a delight. It's the Pepsi isn't it though? Sprite, right? <laughs> what a fun age. Yeah, that's used to be Sierra Mist. It's now Starry. Yeah, they can't figure out... A, it. You can put whatever name you want on it. It's inferior. Hmm. How about Bog of Eternal Stench? Oh, oh there we go. Hey, bring it Subaru must be in Gatorade or uh, something. That's why he's got an attitude. <laughs> Get it? Like it's like a like um, Mercury is in. I don't know. I was making an astral astral 
astrology (laughs) astronomy astrology i was making an astrology joke yeah astrology real one astronomy is the one that just involves science this show is weird what 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 are you guys doing this show (laughs) yeah good question this is it hey welcome to the end of whatever the uh hey we have a scraping the vault after hours oh scraping the vault after hours Uh, (laughs) join our only fans where you will hear us say dirtier words and you won't hear the kachings uh, fart. Ooh, words like fart butt. And and butt fart. Butt fart. Dick's <laughs> farting poop. Okay, this is the end of the, uh, the Easter egg. Goodbye. <laughs> and they're rotten. It smells like the bog of eternal stench. Ooh, Guys, I gotta... Hold on, that was an egg joke. <laughs> oh. So... That, we're going to fold that into the actual Easter egg, and this is the actual end of the Easter egg. Thanks for listening. Uh, we love you, David. We love you, Ryan. And, uh, whoever else. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for posting uh, this. Yes. Uh, okay, goodbye. Robert. I did a, a healthy edge light software scale measurement of my body mass. Mm-hmm. I'm obese. What? Oh, healthy so. edge light software. Did <laughs> Based you just on make what, all though? Those Based on height and weight. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. BMI. Totally yeah, BMI is, BMI yeah. is utter, utter horseshit. But I have 50% water, and I have 144 pounds of muscle mass. BMI, more. more like BMY. Would you bother listening to that? Exactly. <laughs> okay. BMY. We're getting warmed attention. up. We're getting loosey-goosey for the show. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Body Mass Index is... Uh, Thanks again for listening to whatever the Easter egg has been. This is actually the end. Uh, Don't forget to buy war bonds. They're going to come in. No, don't buy war bonds. Move into Bitcoin. What? Don't buy war bonds. All of your money into the soundest currency ever invented. (laughs) It cannot be inflated. It is not owned by a central government. It's imaginary. So is fiat currency. If you join the highest uh, tier of our OnlyFans, you can hear Dan and Audrey talk about Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that will be $1,000 a All month. Of our, <laughs> oh, my God. Our politicians are owned so by the central bank. So you can hear a friendship slowly around itself. Inflation is theft. Oh, wait. I got an email from Excel Energy today. Increase in wholesale natural gas prices. We wanted to let you know about an increase in wholesale natural gas prices that may last a, a few, few days. Try forever. <laughs> As cold weather across a majority of the U.S. affects production <laughs> and demand for natural Sorry, gas. Sorry, I feel like I wasn't clear in that last part that this is actually the end of the uh, Easter egg. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks Excel for listening. Energy purchases natural gas don't, to don't forget to buy customers to generate Excel Energy, they seem to be gouging people left and right, and that's good for the stock price and good for the consumer. <laughs> Uh, okay, we need to actually start this episode, so this is actually the end of the Easter egg, and I'm still going to keep this music on so much, right? because you never know fans when it's going to go handy. to push the heat down. Okay, says, uh, from the ashes of this episode, this is the end of the Easter egg. Goodbye. Yay. <laughs> I deleted that email. <laughs> oh. And we're back. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
This is a good energy oh. that we all have right now. It Martin is. Luther King, baby. Just wait. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, let's keep it yeah. going. All right. Let's do it. Who wants to do this? Not me. Uh, this is your episode, Dan. Oh, you, you have notes though, right? Nine pages. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> Nine pages. What? <laughs> Mostly see. a synopsis. From the plot ashes. detail. This is a really good plot detail with my own little spinny spin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do I have time to run and get some lip balm? Okay, I'll be right back. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Do. I'll, I'll have How that. many? I'll have in that ashes. <clears throat> All right, Derek. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say my, Eric. My name is Derek. Okay. Yes. I was actually gonna mention that, but I feel like he's already being asked to do too much around around here. What's going on? <laughs> All he has to do is say "from the ashes" or something clever. Yeah. Oh, I have to introduce the show. You don't have to. to. Don't I just think it'd to. be fun. Huh. From the ashes I- of. Hmm. From the well, the, here we go. I got it. I got it. Okay, you ready? All right. Okay. Oh, is he doing? Are we doing this? When when do I start saying it? Uh, so there's a very long clip as usual. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. then the music starts, and then whenever okay. you're feeling it. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Here we go. But before we start, I just want to <laughs> oh, say boy. thank you for listening for this long. This is actually the end of the Easter egg. Goodbye. Wait, I thought before...